Yo, my name is Mackin and I'm here to say that I'm the greatest fucking rapper in the USA. I got bitches on my shit and bitches on my lap. I like to wear a little baseball cap and I go to the game and I say hi to the players. They know who I am and because they are not my haters. They are all my friends and we all go out to dinner. Um, and I say, are you guys pagan sinners? And then we go to church and they all confess. And I say to the women, take off your dress. Oh, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting into it right away on Have a Sad Talk thing. Um, I hope everybody is doing well. Um, school is kind of starting up and things and calendars are filling up and people I know, including myself, are starting to stress the fuck out. Um, and my anxiety goes down a lot of ways when I'm back at school because I'm like in a community and I feel like I belong and I have higher purpose and all that stuff. But my anxiety rises in a lot of ways because there are a lot more things to do and, uh, like Anxiety is very functional, you know, that's, that's why it's so insidious is because it fucking works, you know, it helps you get stuff done. And so, um, but it's a very cheap fuel source as, as Pete Holmes would say, um, because it like, that's usually what gets me up in the morning and what, what motivates me to like accomplish stuff is anxiety and, and fear of <laughs> failure and things like that. And like, holy fuck, I gotta get this done. And then I get it done and it's like. Nice. You know, it's almost like the Hulk or something like that. You go into this horrible, destructive <laughs> zone in order to, you know, get the job done. Um, but I'm trying to practice, like, you know, managing that anxiety and still getting stuff done from, like, a present and relaxed place. Which is very difficult in real time, friends. Um, but it's important to allow ourselves process, as my therapist would say. Um, it's interesting. Another thing I've just been thinking about, and then we'll get to the episode. I got a great episode for you guys today. Um, n- no sponsors on this one. This one's free. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I listen to a lot of fancy podcasts that have sponsors and stuff. And sometimes they'll like throw out like a bonus episode with no, uh, sponsors on it. And it, they're like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm not even getting paid for this one. And it's just like, Hey man, I ain't getting paid <laughs> for any of this. So this one. Is coming to you for the 18th time in a row with no sponsors. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Ram Dass recently. He's got a, um, there's an audio book collection of like all his lectures that ended up becoming his famous book, Be Here Now. And he's this um, spiritual uh, teacher. Um, he was a Harvard professor for a while and then he ended up pursuing this um, spiritual path, you know? And he's a famous. Um, like lecturer and uh, book writer and speaker and just cool, cool fucking mystical, knowledgeable person. And um, if you Google or if you, yeah, if you look for Be Here Now in audiobook form, you can find the lectures that he gives that ended up becoming that best-selling book. Um, and it's just all about, you know, mindfulness and presence and uh, good shit like that. You know, mindfulness is a great, fucking practice in my life you know what i'm saying it's also kind of hip it's been hip for a couple years you know be wary of people that dismiss trends you know yeah there are a lot of things that kind of come and go and i'm all for you know like (laughs) calling shit out you know um because that's important and you know 
there's some term that people will get obsessed with and then you'll see it on every fucking BuzzFeed article that gets shared on shitty Facebook posts and uh and it, it'll become annoying you know what i'm saying it'll become like um like it seems fake it seems inauthentic like oh you, everyone's just rallying around this idea right now um the thing with mindfulness is that it it's you know <laughs> it's been part of you know eastern spiritual practices for you know thousands of years and um just because everybody in the west is like roll excited about it right now <laughs> doesn't make it any less truthful and that's specifically what i wanted to talk about was where we sort of look for truth in our lives and something that ramdas has been speaking a lot about in this uh lecture series is about like tuning into truth you know and um i just think it's interesting where we look for it and where we don't um because the other day my mom said something very profound to me. I was talking to her about someone who really stressed me out. And she was trying to tell me to like not allow them to stress me out. And that some some element of, of my stress was my choice to hold on to that anger. You know? And um, and she didn't phrase it exactly like that. But that was the idea that she was getting at. But I... <laughs> I wasn't hearing any of it. Because I was like, Mom, let me complain. You're the person I complain to. <laughs> you are not the person... <laughs> That gives me spiritual truth, you know, because if some guy in a white robe had said that, you know, I would have been like, oh, my God, <laughs> this guy's so smart. Oh, you know, if Ram Das had said that in his little lecture series, I'd have been like, oh, you know, because I've designated him as someone who I'm allowing to teach me, you know, and if we can move to a place where we can allow everyone to teach us or at least every gesture I make towards that space in my life whether it be a fucking episode of Adventure Time or, like, <laughs> someone you fucking hate, like, just trying to view the world through the lens of what can this teach me, you know, is something I aspire to because there are certain people that I'm just like, fuck you, you have nothing to teach me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is so shitty and wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, books and stuff, check them out. They're really cool. <laughs> Speaking of books, my friend Mazimo's on the podcast today. He loves books. We talk about books on the podcast. Um, what a delightful, beautiful human being that Massimo Napoli is. I'm so excited that he's in my life and uh, has continued to be in my life for, I think this is our seventh year of knowing each other, maybe. Um, yeah, we went to high school together. And uh, Massimo is an actor and um, just sort of a consumer of culture, you know? And he's very much... Uh, someone who just is attempting to harvest the nectar of the world. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I know that sounds really poetic and douchey, but sometimes you meet people that are that genuinely into figuring it out and that into seeking beauty, you know, and stuff like that. And Massimo is one of those guys. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation with him. He's also starting a podcast called I Don't Know My Friends That Well. Um, and we just recorded it uh, this last weekend, and I, I got to be the first guest on this podcast, and I was very excited. Um, and we kind of talk about the idea of him starting a podcast on this episode. This is recorded uh, about a month ago. Um, so it's very cool that, uh, that that's happening, and uh, we're going to build a little army of podcasters, hopefully. Um, so yeah, uh, fucking take care of yourself, you stupid bitches. Here we go, episode time. 
Right now? Right now. We started? We started. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, but I could edit it yeah. any amount of time. I usually do the classic podcast thing. I was <laughs> going to, <laughs> to make that joke. I've been waiting to make that joke, <laughs> like, since April. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, fuck it. Let me just pre- let me pretend I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, are we going to do, like, the classic podcast thing? where? <laughs> <laughs> Where it just like fades in on them yeah. while we're talking about something interesting. And then someone says, Oh, are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever listen to oh if you listen to Hollywood Handbook, like that's the kind of the joke of the podcast is all fade in and they'll be like, So it's me and Sylvester Stallone and we're fucking this stripper <laughs> like, and they'll start with a story like that. It's pretty crazy. I apologize for, again for my sniffles. No, no problem. How are you, Massimo? Um I'm good kind of a little rested yeah just was asleep not too long ago this is definitely the earliest i've ever recorded this podcast and i'm sure this is probably the first time you've done it without a table it's very true we're on the we're on the floor of massimo's childhood bedroom yep and it's nine in the morning yeah um i went i skateboarded to no i didn't skateboard but I, i went and got coffee this morning i slept on massimo's couch i'm seated here in his wonderful bedroom He's got lots of great hats and knickknacks and shoes <laughs> and posters. It's kind of the ideal bedroom as far as you are concerned. It's got a lot of... Oh! Oh. Sorry. That was a notification from my laptop. Okay. That was very aggressive. It was very aggressive. No one else can hear it, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get that about my room a lot. That yeah. it's like encapsulation of me it's very good it's very good expression of you it's an important to have a space to do that in i remember um, when i was growing up like my mom wouldn't let me put posters up until (laughs) i was like 16 or 17 oh it was like a big deal i was like excited about (laughs) it i guess uh, i'm trying to i don't i think like the first poster i really got and put up in my room was that beatles it's just the classic abbey road one yeah but i've always had the that like jetsons picture and like the bugs bunny post postage stuff like i got those as a gift when i was born even though i'm not really a like big looney tunes guy (laughs) (laughs) i just anybody our age (laughs) like a looney tunes fanatic i if there are i haven't met them (laughs) and i mean I feel like I know the people who would be. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a question for you. If this whole room is on fire, what <sighs> shit would you grab? <laughs> um, so getting rid of the option of dying because I can't grab enough. <laughs> um, I'd grab my journals for sure. Okay. Heck yeah. Yeah. How long have you been journaling? Um, I like bought the journal December 2013 but i didn't actually start writing it like journaling daily until march 11th 2014 oh fuck yeah this is an exact science for you yeah that's awesome yeah and you've been journaling every day since yeah i feel a sneeze coming on 
kind of. This is weird. <laughs> oh. What's that? What's that been like? Like, um, like living before journaling and living after journaling. <laughs> well, I said in a dramatic way, but I mean, like, I don't know, having a day to having a specific time of day to reflect. And when do you when do you do at the end of the day, um, beginning of the day, middle of the day? I was actually having coming? this discussion with uh, Jeffrey last night about oh, nice. journaling and stuff. But um, uh, I used to when I started out, I used to only do at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but now I do it. I do various whenever I have something to write I'll write like uh if I want to remember my dream I'll write in the morning if like uh I have free time in the afternoon Did I'll... you have a dream last night? Yes, Mac and it was of you. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah uh so I don't really have a exact set time it's just whenever I have time to write and so uh I have like five I'm on nice. my fifth right now. That's fucking dope, dude. Yeah. Have you already started to become nostalgic about the first one? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, I don't know, um, technically, like, if you look at it from a, like, I don't know, plot point of view, that's when I had most things going for me. Um, like, in the first one, I had just graduated okay. high school, uh, had a girlfriend, going to college, having a great time in the summer. And then there's then, like, you know, just life, ups and downs and Life's stuff. ups and downs, yeah. But, um, and also, I'm, like, nostalgic for all of them. Even, <coughs> even my uh, yeah. most... <coughs> you all right? I'm good. <laughs> Um, Thanks. Even my like previous one, my number four be before uh, my current one, number five. Even though like I was kind of sad for most of it, I still like kind of miss it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Having nostalgia for different emotions other than happiness. Yeah, that's cool. I will get nostalgic about like <laughs> I'll probably be nostalgic about this podcast before <laughs> we're done with it, but um. I don't journal that regularly, but I, I do journal, like, I just have, like, a little moleskin that I'll write in, like, mm. every couple of weeks and just kind of go off on <laughs> what's been happening lately. Um, I wish I had more discipline about it. That's a, I mean, that's a totally valid way to do that, too. Uh, yeah. That's I just, how Anne Frank did it. <laughs> yeah, what did she know about writing <laughs> diaries? You said you just read that book? Yeah, that was uh, the most recent book I read. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. I, okay, walk me through, because this is something I really admire about you, is how, like, um, just, like, widespread your media consumption is. Like, mm. I feel like you're a very knowledgeable guy on a lot of things, and it's, like, for me, like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I know a lot about music-ish, you know, in certain circles, <laughs> <laughs> um, and certain kinds of, I'm sure, you know, obviously I don't know anything about music, but whatever. <laughs> um... But oh, like the, like I don't get into comic books because mm. every time I go into a comic book store, I'm like, where do I start? I feel like I'm just going to be behind. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I think it's dope how you just like, you know a lot about movies, you know a lot about music, you know a lot about books, you know a lot about comic books, you know a lot about podcasts. You're just like in the know <laughs> about like a lot of things. Is that something you actively like split your time up between? Um, you just let it happen naturally? I just don't have friends. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> That's obviously not true, but, um, like, yeah, I don't know. What are I we just... doing here? We're associates. <laughs> um, I, like, I don't, I, well, like, with 
books, I kind of books. It's hard because uh, it's hard to get my mind around it. These past two years, like 2014 and 2015, like 2014, uh, I read 42 books. Oh, pizza. <laughs> Jesus. And then that's like a little over a week on a book. Yeah. It took me one year <laughs> to finish the last book I read. <laughs> An entire year. <laughs> And then uh, in 2015, I was like, I want to beat that record. So uh, I read 52. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I don't need to do the division. You know <laughs> yeah. how many books per week that is. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Are you uh, the type of dude that could like knock out a book in a day? Um, it depends on the book. depends on the day. Um, perfect answer. That was a perfect <laughs> answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. But, uh, I mean, for books, I usually, because, I don't know, I've, it's something I find weird in my head, because, like, I don't want, some books, I don't want them to stop, but also yeah. I'm so eager to get through them to see how it finishes and move on to the next book. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. I, with, I try to, I usually divide the book up into, like, fourths or, like, an easy division based on chapters and whatnot and say yeah. like i'll read this many chapters this day so i can finish in four days mm -hmm. that's fucking awesome yeah see I, I don't read enough books to not have the current book i'm reading be a life-changing experience <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm sure if you're reading 52 books a year you're able to be like i didn't really like that book <laughs> you know but like since i commit a year to yeah. a book i'm like that was the greatest fucking book i've ever read in my entire life what was uh what book what was this book that you spent a year reading the narcissist and goldman oh the herman Hess one yeah you you've mentioned him it's a great it's a great book cool um well you've read you've read siddhartha yeah i read siddhartha yeah that's herman Hess. i need to read steppenwolf which is like his other famous work yeah he likes to like write about like logical spiritual guys wandering <laughs> around <laughs> that's what narcissist and goldman is too <laughs> but it's these two it's a really good book i heard listen to father john oh there's a mark Marin interview with Father John Misty, and he was talking about it. Hmm. I forget what he said about it. I want to re-listen to the interview so I can hear what he said about it after I've read it. But hmm. I, it's it's not like it's just like one year of me like every day with the book. It's just like I'll read a, a chapter. chapter and then like put it down for three months. <laughs> <laughs> Are you uh, reading any books currently? I am. I'm reading a book by Chuck Klosterman. He's oh, that guy. yeah. He's that guy I was talking about at the show. The, the sex, sex, drugs, drugs and, and Cocoa, Cocoa Puffs. Puffs guy. Yeah, he wrote a book. He was also recently on Mark Marin. That's <laughs> apparently where I get most of my books. Two of two of the last two years. Um, yeah, it's called What If We're Wrong? And it's like retroactively analyzing the mm. present as if it were the past. And just trying to see like what the history of ideas is like. And what the history of ideas is like is his, his argument is that it's like it's a lot of people being wrong about stuff. <laughs> And so he's like, what are we wrong about right now? Mm. You know, and then he examines it from like a scientific perspective, from a literary perspective, from a music perspective, and just like what, what it takes for things to, to make history, you know, like what the circumstances mm. are and what sort of like that feels like and how long it takes. And it's interesting. Mm. I mean, it's an interesting book. When, uh, when was it written? Pretty recently. Okay. He's talking about a lot of recent stuff in it. Um, 
just because that it seems like the nature of it like it would be wrong by the day it came out <laughs> well yeah like if i were to read it five years from now it'd be pretty wrong and like yeah. pretty pretty outdated <laughs> Well, it's not like it's not like it's not like what are we wrong about? Uh, uh, <laughs> like he's not picking specific things. And he's also not just saying uh, 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 uh <laughs> I should have edited this book. <laughs> um, but the, one of the things about Chuck Klosterman that I think is really interesting because this other book that I read by him, um, this is the one author I've read multiple books on, so I sound real cool and literary right now. So thanks for entertaining this conversation. <laughs> um. He has this other book called Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs where he's talking. He's basically analyzing culture, pretty much American culture, um, in the last bunch of decades through pop culture things. So he'll do it through, like, breakfast cereal commercials in mm. the 90s or, like, when the real world was on MTV and just, like, what that meant. And so, or he'll take, like, a Billy Joel album and then just sort of talk about, like, class dynamics in America in the late 70s, you know? Mm. And he'll derive, like, a lot of really interesting philosophy from, you know, things you enter. Like, I don't know. I feel like most cultural writers um, would write about, like, you know, political movements or, like. So it's just interesting. It's cool seeing, like, these. uh, He's just got a really good um, mix of, like, highbrow stuff and lowbrow stuff, Mm. you know. And so there's a lot of really high-minded things kind of mixed with these, like, folk and, like, lowbrow images and like that's something i'm a big proponent of is like high brownness and low brownness like being together that's like a lot of my favorite art tends to be <laughs> that way but one of the things that he says in this book is he's like because he, he's very self-aware and one of the he's like and it was it was in this other book but i'm sure it applies to this uh this new book that he wrote but he's like yeah like why am i writing a book about <laughs> you know things that are going to be dated by the time i publish this book like, and like one of the things that he said was te- temporality is part of truth you know, hmm. and that is always something that kind of stuck with me, you know, and I always think about truth as something universal, you know, something, something that will last, hmm. but I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting idea that it's like, well, maybe it's not that way. You know, maybe there are some truths that are, uh, contingent upon, you know, a certain time frame. you know, hmm. it's an interesting idea. But yeah. yeah, what bo- are you reading any books right now, my man? Um, are you, what books are you reading right now? <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> um, I'm waiting for a book to come in the mail today. Ooh. <laughs> what book? Uh, it's called Hard Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World. It's by uh, this Japanese writer, uh, Hakuri Murakami. I might have said it wrong. Um, I read, I was in this Reddit book exchange. Oh, nice. And uh, they, the guy sent me, like, Murakami's, like, one of his most famous books, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was pretty weird and like philosophical, <laughs> so um I'm in for another weird philosophical uh book set in yeah. Japan. Is it a novel or is it uh nonfiction or? it's uh it's a novel. It's nonfiction. Um I don't remember exactly what it was about. Um but it's coming in the mail today. Dope. So I'll I'll start I'll be starting to read that. And then I have uh, an enormous amount of books that I've purchased but haven't started reading. Oh, yeah. I was listening to, might have been Pete Holmes, actually. Um, but he was saying, like, every time you buy a book, it's not the it's not the book that you're purchasing, but it's the time that you think you'll have <laughs> to read the book. And that's really what you're investing in. Huh. That's that, an interesting idea. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that makes sense because... 
I just have so many books, <laughs> you know, because I, I think I, I'm slowly falling in love with reading more mm. than the concept of reading. But for a long time, it's been the concept of reading that has been <laughs> motivating like, me. Like sitting under a tree, reading a book and like, yeah, or just, yeah, or just like that concept. Ha- yeah. Having a cool conversation and just, I don't know, every, just every relationship I've been, every girl that I've ever dated has always been like way better read than I mm. have been. And like as a kid, I I played video games and I watched cartoons <laughs> and I ate sugar cereal, <laughs> you know. But um, it seems to be the coolest people that I run into, just read a lot as mm. children, you know. And I was thinking about this the other day. So like, I, therefore, <laughs> I'm the coolest. <laughs> yeah, contrary to heard your it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by my authority, <laughs> the cool authority. Sorry. Um, no, it's all good. It's <laughs> I just went on the I have no friends tour as well, so I don't know if I'm the person to give people cool points. But you can have any of them that I have to offer. Um, but yeah, every girl's just uh, been a lot better read than I have been, and like, so like the time I spent reading was academically, you know, and I was like, a, I was like a good reader and stuff like that. But basically, well, I was re- usually reading in a like a studying context as opposed to mm-hmm. like a leisure context so as a result i read like really slowly and methodically you know yeah so it takes me one year to finish books <laughs> <laughs> you know did uh did like your elementary school have a program like that like that you really study books like that because mine like Maybe. they had like book reports yeah and um but like they did it based off every hundred pages so oh, really like we had to read like maybe twenty five hundred page books, and then like, so like if you read a multiple pay like hundreds of pages book, it'd count for, for uh like several and like, yeah. beginning of the year I read like Harry Potter like a couple of them mm-hmm. and then I was just done. Nice. And so, um, did they have anything like that in your school or did yeah, you study? Yeah, I had in like kindergarten. <laughs> And I just uh, actually I was talking about this with Derek the other day. We had this we had the reward system. I don't know if you had something similar, where it was like if you did something good, you got like a gold strip or something. And then if you did something bad, you got, got a, a black strip. Yeah, you know? we, uh, and there was this public shaming. They hung it on the yeah. fucking wall <laughs> so you could see who was good and who was evil. We um, just like being reminded of your sins constantly for all your peers. Like that's so fucked in retrospect there we uh during one of our improv rehearsals for the trophy husbands derek actually told that story and we did some we did some pretty fun improv off that oh that's so dope i want to get into that in the hot set okay but basically like i got a black strip because i just (laughs) faked a bunch of book reports (laughs) (laughs) you're only supposed to turn in one in for every day and i just like I just brought like six in one day just because I really wanted the gold strips. I forget what the reward was, something dumb. But I did book reports on like, I just grabbed books off the shelf and one of them was, uh, I think like Where the Sidewalk Ends. And I didn't realize that it was a book of poetry. <laughs> I would love to read them. I would love to read like my synopsis of these books I didn't read. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's an early example of me liking the concept of reading and wanting the reputation of a reader, but not wanting to put the work in. <laughs> uh i don't know what's uh exactly like an early example of i guess the one i told was an er- early example of my reading this do you read a lot as a kid though i did um i also have to like thank my mother for it because um yeah. as a kid she would like um 
like she would read us the Harry Potter books. That's awesome. And like uh like all the way up till the seventh one, she just read it uh, us all to us, even though like I bet it was That's back awesome. in two thousand seven, so I remember the sixth one came out when we were like ten or eleven or something. Yeah, yeah. It came out like in fourth grade. Um I was playing a lot of World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I I have her to thank for like reading, yeah. and then and then like I have my job to thank because a it gives me money and b I usually have a lot of time my job at school to thank for reading the campus cruiser yeah drive people job yeah dope you read on that job oh and you're waiting for yeah the rats yeah and Sick. occasionally at stoplights <laughs> <laughs> I feel you I was at um. I just like, because when you're on your phone, you just feel like extra guilty. Yeah. But I was like writing lyrics the other day and I like had some in my head and I was writing them down and I was just like, this is basically texting while driving. Just, like, <laughs> maybe even worse. Even though it's more romantic because I have a moleskin in my hands, <laughs> but like, <laughs> way more yeah. dangerous because it's two hands. And I, I've done similar to that. Like I was, <laughs> which uh, is so pretentious yeah. to me. <laughs> I like, was reading while driving. <laughs> I was I had my leather bound journal and yeah. I was writing in it while <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. We do lots of similar things, yeah. Massimo. Tell me about your childhood. You went to farm school? <laughs> that like isn't false. <laughs> I went Wait, Were you born in Huntington Beach? I was or... born in Long Beach, but um so before I was born, my parents uh, and my two older si- siblings lived in uh, an apartment in Long Beach. And like a couple months before I was born, they moved into this house. So I've lived here my whole life. Um, and uh, in the center of this this uh, this uh, neighborhood is an elementary school called Golden View. And for some reason they have a farm they it's not a <laughs> farm it's like a bunch of dirt where they also have animals and a That's lake the definition of a farm <laughs> <laughs> but they don't produ- they don't produce any goods except okay. for like that turkey that that guy stole for thanksgiving did that happen at one time yeah they had a turkey in the farm and it went missing oh my during thanksgiving gosh. yeah that's dark um it, yeah it kind of led to some- the farm itself, because like there was rabbits and and uh, there was rabbit, some geese, I think. Rabbits, right? geese, ducks, um, chickens, yeah. goats, sheep, uh, pigs. Did you interact with the animals? Yeah, the um, uh, in fourth and fifth grade, because like Wednesday was half day, and so in fourth and fifth grade, all the fourth and fifth graders would spend half the day just working in the farm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, I know no one else besides, like, people yeah. who went to Golden View who have... Farm experience. Yeah. Well, I was watching one of those annoying BuzzFeed videos that appears on Facebook. Um, but it made a good point. It's just that, like, our generation, um, they, they took away, like, basic life skills classes from... Mm. Oh, yeah, like home ec and, Yeah, like home uh, and shop class. And, yeah. Like, um, how to... Do cars? <laughs> <laughs> how to do cars? How to do 101. cars? One hundred and one. One hundred and one. Damn it! <laughs> um, but yeah, well, like I don't know how to sew. 
<laughs> you know, there's just like a lot of bases. Mm. So that's cool that you had like a very hands-on thing. I would like to say that <laughs> you, I gained you skills think about your from time this. with the pigs, <laughs> and it informs your anything. Oh, uh, like what I remember most was. Um, Cause like you didn't get a lot of downtime cause you were always doing a job and like I hated when we had to like change the gerbil cages cause I didn't want to touch the poop. Um, <laughs> but conversely, like I liked to rake the leaves cause we'd be by the stream and this friend of mine, like we found this like plastic thing and we would race it down the stream, but the stream is filled with duck droppings. Oh, wow. And like then we'd fish it out. We'd like dry it off and keep it in our pencil cases till the next Wednesday. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's real gross. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I don't know what I learned from that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just hate dirty things. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So you were you were, what, were you farm person? You were in the school. Did you go to middle school there? Uh, no, it was a uh, it was till fifth grade, and then I went to middle school at Marine View, which is off of that street that ends that begin that Slater ends at. I don't know what it's called. I'm not remembering it. It doesn't. Who cares? Yeah, it, middle school horrible yeah. time. I feel like for most cool people that I know now. Well, <clears throat> I feel like it's almost a prerequisite to being a cool adult. <laughs> yeah, like a shitty time in middle school. I don't know. I like. Did you have a good time in middle school? Did I just call you uncool? I actually like. I had a pretty big group of friends in middle school. Um, oh, dope. Never mind. <laughs> we'll start projecting my experience onto you. I I well I basically didn't exist as a human being. Like I don't yeah. know. Um, Same. I didn't think I was very interesting until like midway through sophomore year of high school mm. um <clears throat> but yeah middle school was all right i had a pretty good pretty big group of friends um and we would just like bike around huntington play video games hang out dope yeah what can what do you think so what what uh what awoke that part of you that was like oh i'm a cool dude um i got a good haircut and i lost my braces <laughs> <laughs> it's a liberating time yeah very it's bra did did you have braces oh yeah for six years really from when to when uh i think from second grade to eighth, eighth grade mm. yeah bummer yeah time. but yeah going to high school i was like i'm a new person <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the older the older you have braces the more it sucks yeah definitely. yeah oh you had them in high school yeah until a uh, sophomore year until like march 25th i think yeah yeah brutal times yeah sometimes i think back upon uh times as like an early teenager and i like super nostalgic <laughs> but i'm just like wait a minute i'm a fucking adult <laughs> i could do whatever the fuck i want whatever i want i think there's some pete, pete holmes has a bit on one of the yeah stand -up I, albums about i it. love it <laughs> he, so great. He, yeah <laughs> but it's, it's so true i was like oh i can go where i want and do what i want yeah and, like, like back in back in middle school, I, I I'm not nostalgic for the middle school days because I I mean I I had fun with my friends, but also like I don't know I I feel like yeah. I have a richer, fuller life now. I have more friends of varying and diverseness 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel you. Yeah. Well, nice, man. Yeah. So, and then after middle school was obviously high school. And. Yeah. Good time, bad time? Just a time? Um, full of ups and downs, like all times? <laughs> <laughs> uh, junior year was a great time. Um, sophomore mm-hmm. year was the worst time. Um, senior year was all right. Sophomore year was the worst time. Yeah, sophomore year was. <laughs> What major is the worst time? Um, we also went to high school together yeah. for the podcast <laughs> listeners. I'm just wondering what Massimo's experience was like, even though I was there for a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just, classes were hard. I was. It was the only year I did honor Spanish. And the only reason Ooh. I ever took Spanish was to get... Did you have pink and arrow? To get yeah. pink. That's the yeah. only reason I ever took Spanish. She was dope. Yeah. Um, but I, like, <laughs> I like got a C in her class. Um <laughs> And then, um, just like English was really hard because our teacher was. What was your Spanish name? It was Massimo. Massimo, <laughs> you did you didn't do your homework? <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I don't even have to check it. <laughs> she was a legend. Yeah. <laughs> Pank the tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was great. Dude. Was yours Roberto? Yeah, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do your homework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same shit. Uh, yeah, sophomore year is a bummer, man. Yeah, uh, just you know, just. I feel you. I'd wake up at five. Oh yeah, it was, know, I'd wake up at four. That's right. I'd wake up at four thirty to do surf, and then I would class oh. would start at seven. And then, you know, just go to shit, basically. <laughs> and then after all the extracurriculars were done, sometimes I'd <laughs> get up to, like, 11 p.m., <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I have homework to do. And, then I, and I was also in, like, very committed relationship. <laughs> and it was, like, long distance and stressful. And, like, you're also 16. <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> I would have, like, 18-hour days. <laughs> And I was just like, this is great. I wonder why I'm so sad all the time. <laughs> oh, man. What yeah. a dark time of life. Yeah. I forgot about Zero Block getting up at 6 in the morning. I don't I... understand how we did that. Yeah, no. I that, that's I just... don't understand how you got up at 8 today. <laughs> just... Well, like, um, I don't know. My my sleep, my body is yeah. so strange. It originally was like you can't sleep past 10 and yeah. then now it's like hey don't sleep past 8:30 mm. so i like naturally wake up at 8 nice yeah that's nice to have a morning though cuz i love the morning yeah i do too but i love the sleep <laughs> that's a struggle in my life yeah i i definitely very much agree i would i often wish that sleep wasn't necessary for survival yeah pretty lame uh design flaw when you think about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know but like if like sleep could just be optional that'd be really great yeah who the fuck would choose sleep (laughs) well i mean like optional it like if like say like all your work's done you don't have anything to do till one in the morning i mean one in the afternoon (laughs) and you could just sleep yeah that'd be great (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have like a routine that you do or anything or before bed or Either before bed, um, when you wake up in the morning. I uh, well, obviously there's the whole like I shower before bed, um, just because I don't like feeling kind of like like dirty. 
before going to bed. Right. Um, I mean, I, I uh, again, I like top off today uh, the day's entry for the journal. Um, I watched some TV, might read some, yeah, and just kind of like eventually sleep. Nice. And then don't really have a morning routine. Yeah. Wake up, rinse out my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> the most riveting podcasting. Woo! <laughs> I fuck them, dude. I don't care if anyone. I know Jensen will probably be listening. Oh, cool. You know Jensen. Yeah. She's like the only person I know that listens to all of them. <laughs> it makes me very happy. No, it's interesting because I, I don't really. It's weird because this is something that I put a lot of time into <laughs> that doesn't really have like. Because podcasting is. It's not like a new format. No. Um, it's been around for 10, 10-ish years. Um, I had a podcast around 10 years ago, actually. Mm, eight years ago. Whamcast. Whamcast, yeah. And Jamcast. Available on iTunes. Jamcast actually preceded Whamcast. <laughs> um, but, companion uh, podcast. <laughs> the official companion <laughs> podcast to Lost <laughs> and Flash Forward. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, I... Uh, I did a review show of Lost. I would talk about each episode, and then I then when Lost ended, I did um, the show Flash Forward on ABC, which was supposed to replace Lost. That got canceled after a season and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my friend Wyatt were pretty heartbroken about it. Um, but podcasting been around for like ten years. You were saying, yeah, but I mean, it's still like it still for some reason feels like indulgent for me to make this mm. you know and it's partly just because i'm very insecure <laughs> but i'm also a huge narcissist you know mm, but i yeah. think that's just most creative people yeah um so just making something and like editing it and like listening to my voice this much and like promote like it just feels like weird like like, like making music there's like an obvious place for it there's like an obvious reason to do it it's yeah like i make music i like making music i want if people want my music yeah, you can have it <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> But podcasting is so much just direct, like, oh, like who, you, you guys should listen to me talk. <laughs> for an hour or yeah, two. for an hour or two. <laughs> to yeah. someone you might not know. <laughs> exactly. So it just seems like a lot less, um, yeah, there's just a lot. And this, this podcast doesn't have like a premise. Like it's basically yeah. just the conversations. You know, it's not like you and me, like, it's not like I bring someone on every week and we play a board game and we well, talk yeah. about it, you know, or something. Um, well, it's like, it's happy, sad talk thing. So happy, sad talk thing. <laughs> talk about some happy, sad stuff and talk things. Yeah, man. We talked things. We so. have talked things. Happy and sad. Oh, I had a thing that I was going to say a second ago. I totally forget. Anyways, I just I just get insecure about this podcast. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I should have a premise. Like, maybe we should talk <laughs> about music or something so that people listen to it. But... At the end of the day, it's just for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um, one thing I really admire about you is that you like, uh, I don't know, I feel like you're not taking cues from too many other people as far as like how to live your life, mm. you know? And I, I really admire how you sort of like adhere to your values um, despite like the opinions of others, you know? Because I feel like I, sp like kind of a theme of my life has been like, trying very hard to be cool and kind of suffering because of it mm. you know and in like macro ways and micro ways and it's kind of <laughs> it's really been the root of a lot of just shitty situations in my mm. life uh even now you know i um 
but like less and less so. You know, just like me trying to fit in with certain crowds that I didn't fit in with, but spent a lot of energy trying to fit in with, you know, and just like yeah. changing the way that I <clears throat> thought or behaved um, because I wanted to be perceived as cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And a lot of the process of me like finding my true self and whatever has been a lot of me like abandoning the idea of cool <laughs> <laughs> and finding a cooler definition of cool. But I think it's super dope that you like, oh. um, I don't know, like just the way that you live your life. Like a lot of the things that you do, I feel like uh, you're not waiting for people to tell you like, that's dope. You're just <laughs> like, this is what I think about the world and this is the way I live. And that's cool. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, I wish I could say I'm totally confident about everything <laughs> I do, but um, we actually have a lot of the same, which is in, what I find interesting about you. We're just going to compliment. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I find interesting about you is like, I don't know. I met you. I know a little bit about your like your like middle school days and how you weren't like super happy or cool. <laughs> Very much about that. <laughs> but like when I met you, you were you were already super cool. And so like that's always the image I've had of you mm. of being super cool. And like I really wanted to be your friend and now here we are okay. sitting on my floor talking. Um yeah. but what I find interesting is like you're so cool but like you have a lot of the same insecurities that i do mm. so like i back to what you were saying like what's an example of what i do that um like you don't drink and you don't really take people's shit for not drinking you know and i go through periods in my life where i don't want to drink mm. because of various like addictions in my family or just like i'm just doing my thing <laughs> fuck off you know and like people would be like why don't you have a beer fuck you you're stupid <laughs> you know <laughs> and um and i and i feel that peer pressure you know yeah and i like uh and like it really fucks me up <laughs> you know <laughs> and i'm just like that's super dope the boss mm. was just like you know like you, you come to all the things, you hang, and it's just yeah. like I'm sure it's not easy when everybody's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drinking and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, just yes, things like that, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> that uh, I I I think about that not a lot, but a fair amount. It it gets pretty annoying sometimes. Um, yeah. Just because I don't know, it like expl having to explain it and like. Oh is so awful and yeah well I, th I think a lot of people assume that it comes from like a condescending place or something like when i mm. am not drinking or something like it's almost like hey have a drink validate my <laughs> choice to have a drink and if you say no it's like you think you're better than me <laughs> and it's like no i just don't want to drink like please stop trying to control my experience <laughs> you know yeah along those lines like several people when i'm like Oh yeah, I don't drink. Uh, they say they talk to me a bit, and they're like, "I used to be like you," and they, I, I feel it's very condescending. I, I feel very condescended too. Yeah, they like, I don't know. I feel like people see me as like, oh, a baby. Yeah, or you're a baby. Yeah, you're gonna learn. Yeah, but no, and like, so like it's kind of sometimes a conflict in my head. Like, I feel you. I want to be rid of that, but also like I don't want to drink and become an idiot and then become like practically a literal baby that needs to be taken care of <laughs> just to prove to this person yeah. that you're not a baby yeah i feel you man and even though like i i do like 
I do drink and I have I, I just I feel that a lot of times because like when I went to college I started drinking a lot less and mm. most people like drink and party and take drugs yeah. a lot more you know and like I <laughs> I drank a lot like in middle school and like early high school <laughs> um, because I had sisters and I you know come from a very Irish Catholic family it's just a lot of drinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a lot of like alcoholism in that culture a lot of undiagnosed because it's like not in, in that culture there's not only like a lot of drinking but it's also just like a lot of not talking about things mm. and I think that that leads to just a lot of undiagnosed alcoholism um that being said i you know i love everybody in my family but just like we had a very different relationship to drinking you know what i'm saying like yeah i would be on family trips like taking tequila shots when i was 12 <laughs> holy <laughs> god yeah and not like getting fucked up every night when i was 12 but i mean like and so i wasn't cool in middle school and um you had the hookups though i had the hookups though <laughs> well that's the thing and so like and my sister's like and one thing I want to talk about later about being cool is that it's, it also has a lot to do with perception of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. sometimes I'll go through periods where I feel very much like an outsider and then someone will be like, oh, you were so cool. Like, why did you... That that blows my mind that you said, like, you were alone and fat and had no friends when you, <laughs> like, were surrounded by people in, in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I would... So my sister is, like... It was the two of them growing up, and they were always older. And they, like, I was telling you that story about how I got the scar. They're like, oh, yeah. They'd always pick on me and stuff like that. <laughs> or, or at least it, that was my perception of it, you know? Um, and so when they, like, and I always wanted to play with them, you know? So I would, like, would play with Barbie dolls and stuff and whatever <laughs> just so I could hang with them. And um, so, like, when they, it, it got to an age where they started to, like, think that having a little brother was cool, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't for a while. But it was around when I was, like, 12 or 13. And so they would start to, they would, they would invite me to these high school parties, you know? And I was like, oh, this is my ticket in, you know? My sisters, they got all these hot friends. I'm like the <laughs> cute little brother, like, fuck yeah, you know? But then it was just like, not a good time, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought it was really cool at first. And then, like, they just didn't, like, and like, I love my sisters a lot, but like, they just did not have great relationships to alcohol, <laughs> you know? And I thought that, like, oh, Drinking is when you drink a lot of drinks and you throw up and you black out. <laughs> I just thought that's what it was, you know, and it took me a while. Or it would be that, or it would be, like, me either, like, taking care of them or just, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Just, not, just, like, there was one day when I was just, like, 13 and I was just at this party. My sisters had either passed out or were somewhere else, and I was just, like, sitting in this backyard, and there were these, like, <laughs> people starting to do, like, cocaine on the table, and I was just, like... <laughs> How am I going to get home? <laughs> <laughs> and then my parents literally pulled up out of nowhere in a limousine. And they were, because they were at some fancy party. And they were like, hey, Mackin, we're here to get you. And I was like, amazing. It was very serendipitous and great. Um, but anyways, and so I kind of had a lot of experiences with drugs and alcohol at that point. And then I got into it for a while. And then I kind of made a fool of myself. And mm. I don't know, started to figure out. And it was kind of a transition. Kind of that sophomore year was kind of like me tailing off of that and that relationship with talia honestly like i started to get more into hanging out with you guys and like oh let's play board games or something <laughs> you know and I, I started to figure out who i am more so and and a lot of that drinking was me trying to be cool you know what i'm saying and me appealing to this idea of cool rather than what i like to do <laughs> you know so i started to figure that out a little bit more and um, I, I realized that it's like a, a lot more calm and a lot more mm. square. Um, 
Hey, it's hip to be square. It is hip to be square. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm square in a lot of ways, and I think I'm, you know, off the wall in a lot of ways as well. And, like, I don't know. Like, the older I get, like, I used to try really hard to be weird. And I was really normal in a lot. Like, I was... <sighs> I used to try really... Uh, I had a thought. Uh, <laughs> anyways, the more and more I try to be normal, um, or, like, realize that I'm normal, like, I'm... I don't... This isn't a real thought yet. It hasn't formed. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess what I was saying is, like, uh, I used to try really hard to be weird, but I think I was pretty normal, and, mm. the, like, the more I've, st like, stopped trying to be weird, I've realized that I'm weird in all these other ways, <laughs> but I'm very normal <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, that's kind of been a lot of my quest of self, is just, like, trying to stop the affectation and just, like, what is, you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I really like to go to bed. I like ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that, um, oh, I had a larger point with this whole thing. Um, oh yeah. So anyway, so I kind of went through and then just various thing with family members, like going through, uh, you know, stuff with drugs and whatever. Yeah. And, um, so like when I got to college, I was just like, oh, I, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like to go out as much. I still, you know, I'm a very social person yeah. or whatever, but, but then there's that perception of, oh, Mackin's a prude or Mackin's a baby or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, Oh, like he does. He's not gonna come do blow with us because he's <laughs> a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, it's weird. It's a weird thing for my ego because it's like I want to be perceived as cool and hip. Yeah. And it's like I want to stick up for myself. Like, no, I. Well, I used to party hard, but now you know. And so yeah. it's it's a it's an interesting thing for me to like practice like giving up the perception of coolness and just be like. Okay, they're they're allowed to think whatever they want, <laughs> you know. If they want to think that I'm, you know, like haven't come out of my shell yet or something, just because I'm not, you know, taking Doing shots <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> then that's something I'm, you know, like I I'm just trying to develop a, a more direct relationship with things rather than mm. chasing things for the perception of things, you know. Yeah. Like when I started to get really into Buddhism, like. What's up, Chris? How's it going, man? We are doing a podcast. That's awesome. Want to say something? Hi, podcast. <laughs> hey, Chris. Morning, guys. Clem, say hi in a sec. We just got to record somewhere. Anyways, <laughs> uh, when I got really into Buddhism, like, it took me like a really long time. And I still am embarrassed about it because there's so much douchey Buddhism yeah. culture. Just like, hey, namaste, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got this yin-yang tattoo <laughs> on my chest. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I really like Buddhism. Yeah. You know? And I have, I have a really great relationship with the thing, but I'm sort of embarrassed about it. And so I feel the need to apologize for it or disclaim it when I say it. And then, but I think that's part of the ego practice and is is like being willing to perceive to be perceived as a douchebag or as lame if you if you like the thing yeah <laughs> yeah anyways <laughs> i just said a lot of stuff yeah happy and sad <laughs> welcome to the show <laughs> uh, i don't know if 46 minutes in is to do good enough to do the intro mac <laughs> <laughs> that's the intro now now to the interview uh, uh what was i gonna say I had a lot of 
thoughts off that. Um, uh, I imagine we'll get back to Buddhism and religion later, but um, uh, like the the um, uh, like because you're in the music industry and like um, the hashtag music industry. Hashtag music industry. Yeah, I'm trying to get that going. And like, sorry. <laughs> um, like I don't know do you feel pressured to like be like follow up like be the stereotypical rock star like like to do like oh you have to do drugs and break TVs and hotels to be a rock star um that's a very interesting question um kind of a little bit I think that kind of model of rock star is kind of an ancient idea. Mm. And like most people, <laughs> just, like Courtney Barnett, you know, she likes to garden, <laughs> <laughs> read a book. Like a lot of my heroes are uh, a lot more. In- oh, okay. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, like everybody smokes cigarettes. <laughs> it's hard to not smoke cigarettes. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's just, like, drugs are a lot more around and aware. Yeah. Um, but there also is, like, punk rock credibility that comes from, like, doing your own thing. And it's also, like, like uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, a little bit with drugs and stuff. Like, um, I mean, I, I would say cocaine mostly, like, has the, the cool yeah. factor to it. <laughs> you know? Um but I, 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 you know, like I'm a songwriter, which is like a little bit different, because um, I guess like archetype wise, yeah. that's the, kind of the calm, like have a cup of green tea and think about <laughs> the world. <laughs> but uh, like something else that, uh, but sorry, my thoughts aren't always no straight. Um, but like with songwriter, it, like on a more emotional side, uh, do you get like, do you kind of ever? indulge in like your sadness and pain because you're like oh. i'm a tortured artist this is what i'm supposed to be this is how this is yeah. how art is made because <laughs> well i think about that a lot real quick on the rock star thing before um because that's but these are very thoughtful questions <laughs> um well i because I, I played in a band with um these dudes that lived like rock stars like they mm-hmm. woke up at two their places were filled with trash they drank beers and smoked weed all rehearsal and like you know, did drugs and like, <laughs> had sex with cool girls, <laughs> dressed cool, and uh, I felt so out of place. <laughs> and I would show up to rehearsal on time, <laughs> and they would be hours late. You know, and I would, I would come from way farther. I would sit. This is last summer when I was in LA, and you know, I had moved from. I wasn't in Orange County where all my friends were, and all my friends had gone out. There. So basically, the only thing I had to do was be in this band. <laughs> and so I would drive from Santa Monica to Chinatown. At 5 p.m., which is a two-hour drive, oh. and listen to lots of Nerdist podcasts. <laughs> um, but I would still be on fucking time, <laughs> you know. And these guys, anyways. And so I just like, uh, as far as like that, like cliche rock star yeah. lifestyle. I'm just not into it. <laughs> like I, I like to get a good amount of sleep. You know, I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fun. I'm hip. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's what that uh, that song. I played a song at the show called Spirit Animal. Yeah, and uh, that's what that song is about. It's just like me 
wanting to kind of be perceived as like cool and hardcore but at the end of the day like i'm so square <laughs> and that's i don't know that's okay too um but as far as the emotional indulgence thing i'm trying to learn i think it's a myth i'm starting to realize it's a myth and i used to characterize myself as a very sad person um be, and for a lot of reasons and and a lot of the reasons was were um I don't know, I was just like very and I, and I still get called sad all the time, you know. Yeah. Um like by different family members and things like that and um I'm just like this last year, I would say the last 6 months even, I've stopped referring to myself as a sad person. <laughs> <laughs> that emotion is just like a really loud emotion. <clears throat> and so if you're letting other people's define you, they're going to latch onto that one. Mm. But I I live a very complete life, you know. I, I cry often, <laughs> but I laugh <laughs> just as often, you know? And there are obviously, like, times of turmoil, <laughs> times of strife, but I've stopped kind of thinking. There was a time where I didn't want to go to therapy because I was like, that's going to that's gonna calm me down or, like, fix me, and then I won't have anything to write about. Um, and my friend Rosie Tucker was talking about this, uh, who was on the podcast, who was on the last episode of the podcast. Um, we recorded two podcasts, and I, this was on the one that didn't get released because we ended up just like... Talking Maybe. out. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She has a girlfriend. She's in a very committed relationship. Um but uh, we ended up like just talking about stuff that was like maybe not podcast mm. stuff. But it was cool because it was like usually what the microphones allow for is like a more in-depth conversation. But with Rosie, it was like it was holding us back. So we just like stopped recording <laughs> and just talked about like really personal stuff. Uh -huh. um, this isn't personal at all. <laughs> 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 um, we we're just talking about so I feel awkward sometimes talking about specific relationships on this podcast because yeah. like. I just feel like that might be get gossipy and weird. So that's I totally understand. Um, but she was saying like uh, that a lot of people use that to rationalize their sadness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and indulge in it. And like I listen to a lot of sad music, um, but I find it very cathartic. And I think a lot of people like I just have a different relationship, I think, to sadness than some people. And not trying to say like I'm the, some hipster of sadness, but. <laughs> That's wait. That's maybe a genius <laughs> artist name. Hipster of sadness. Hipster of sadness. <laughs> but like, uh, I've just always been really drawn to like melancholy music. Mm. You know, like my first favorite album, "Give Up." The name of the album is "Give Up" <laughs> <laughs> by the Postal Service. It's a very sad album, yeah. characteristically, and I, you know, I really like to listen to Joni Mitchell and Elliot Smith and Utrechtel and things that people would characterize as sad um but i don't listen to it to feel sad and mm -hmm. i don't listen to it to like wallow in my sadness um i'm probably have it sometimes but to me it's very cathartic and I, i've just been thinking a lot about this lately because I, I just went on this tour and i played all these shows and like i could feel sometimes that i was bumming the crowd out <laughs> <laughs> but not like the the crowds that I would bum out would be people that were just sort of like there that didn't mm -hmm. know what to expect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people that kind of came a little more intentionally or were like music fans. People that kind of more got it. And there were some people that got it. And, and that was really validating. You know, I wasn't bumming them out. Like we were just, just... I don't know. I think a lot of people are quick to like... Anything that's emotional or heavy, they're quick to don as sad. Yeah. You know? 
Um, like I have some songs that I don't think of as sad that I play for certain people and they're like, that's a sad fucking song. <laughs> like I played a song for Mikey Bush the other day. Or he was telling me, all right, I had a song on SoundCloud and he's like, yeah, I woke up, I listened to your song and I just went back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so people tell me, but it's like, my songs aren't like the world is shit and I hate my parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess like, and when I write about things like they tend to be sad because like the function of music in my life is, is release from that, mm. you know, and is, yeah. is, is as a, is a power over <clears throat> that, you know, and it's, it's never, it's always felt very much more empowering than like, uh, a way to wallow or something like that. And, um, anyways, through lots of therapy and lots <laughs> of having good people in my life, uh, one of which being my uncle John, shout out to him. I realized that I'm not a sad person, <laughs> you know, and to stop uh, identifying with that. And I was listening to the Duncan Chosel podcast, actually, with uh, this guy named Aubrey Marcus. And he, he, they were talking about sadness. And it's, it, like a, a lot of my personality, I think, is a reaction to that um, Irish Catholic tendency to deny things. And so I'm like, let's feel everything. Let's talk about everything. <laughs> And it's a question that I ask myself. I'm like, at what point is this indulgent? You know, because I want to let myself feel things and you need to process things and you need to relate to your emotions. Um, because if you just set, set barriers and don't allow yourself to feel them, they're just going to stay dormant and grow. Mm -hmm. And like, but there are definitely certain times where it's like, okay, if I'm only talking about this issue with all of my, like, at what point is me talking about mm -hmm. this, stop being cathartic and start being indulgent. And uh, this guy, Aubrey Marcus said on this podcast, he was like, like when you start identifying with the sadness, that's where like the problem lies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've tried to stop in the last couple of years, stop identifying with the sadness, you know? And like every time I would feel sad, I would feel like it was a return, you know? And just like, yeah. oh, this is my default state. <laughs> Everything else was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, they're, and with that came this anxiety of happiness, you know, that I was going to fuck it up. But I'm, like, I'm definitely like a self-destructive person. And so like things would be going really well. And then I would just sort of, like I would, I would find comfort in sadness. Mm. You know, yeah, so. I, I totally understand that. Yeah, but I mean, you're an artist as yeah. well. Do you, do you find like, and you write, and like, do you, do you find that you tend to lean towards those emotions or? I or feel like I them? do, and like, um, every time I feel it, like there's a part of my mind that's like masochistic and says like, good. Yeah, you're, you're sad. This yeah, will feel your art. Emotional but, masochism. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, just. Being with friends and like I, I there was a lot earlier this summer. I was I forgot what the, was happening exactly, but I was just really bummed out for some reason. And I was like, I'm just checking to see if we're still recording. But please keep going. Um, so I was, I was really bummed out for some reason, and I was hanging out with friends, and I felt like I was just being a drag on everyone. And then <sighs> yeah. after that night, I realized like I I shouldn't be so sad. And like um, I don't know. So like whenever I'm sad. Like, I, I I usually hope, like, I'm in a car because, mm. like, um, just I'll, like, pump up some good music yeah. and, like, roll down the windows and feel the wind and look at the sunset and I just feel better. Yeah. And I try to, I try to, because, I don't know, I don't really have a great way to, like, let out my emotions. Yeah. So, like, sometimes I'm just kind of, like, holding down the sadness and like making myself happy but yeah. like 
studies have proven that if you smile more, you will feel happier. Right. If you assume the posture yeah. of happiness, it will kind of open the channel. One a, a great Kurt Vonnegut quote is, um, "You are we are what we pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend to be. That's a great one. Yeah. I like that um, a lot. That should have been my senior quote, but I chose a more depressing <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut what, quote. What was it? Uh, maturity is a bitter disappointment for which there is no remedy unless laughter could be said to remedy anything. Woo! <laughs> I like that, though. Yeah, but I like looking back, I'm like, that's really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> like, and like, I'm not, I'm kind of not smiling in my senior portrait. So like, <laughs> like years later when random people are going through like yeah. their yearbook and like it's their like, kids are looking through it. Who's this who's guy this took himself stoic. pretty seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was, uh, how strange it is to be anything. Which is perfect. That like, I, I remember, wish it was mine. I remember at the time being like pretty like i just wished i picked an ironic one because i was just like oh but god like the most cliche quote of the most cliche like sad teenager band <laughs> you know and i think uh thomas sweeney picked like you're not hardcore unless you live hardcore from school of rock and i was like that's the perfect senior fucking quote you know yeah but i remember thinking that that was like a really big deal like and that that was really gonna define me and people were really gonna look to that quote like who the fuck looks at anyone else's senior quote <laughs> yeah. besides their own? And maybe maybe they'll look at their friends, but like, yeah, I don't care what some <laughs> random football player put as their quote. Exactly. Like, no one in my life evaluating me ever in the future is going to be like, oh, I wonder what this guy's senior quote was. <laughs> but I, I feel like that quote does kind of encapsulate you. Um, like, I don't know. This actually segue into like, kind of like religion and god and stuff um like um in like those times where like i'm like pumping myself back up to feel better um i don't know like uh like as a person i'm kind of agnostic sometimes like atheistic sound just got oh i should stop playing with this chord sound got weird sorry um but like, uh, but like sometimes I, but like I also border on like deist, which is like the idea that some force came in, created everything, and then left. And like in those moments, the clockmaker, yeah, forefathers. And in those moments where like I'm able to like feel better and like realize that you're actually alive and living, like how strange it is to be anything at all. <laughs> like that's those are the moments where like maybe there is something. Yeah, I um, because I, I, I think about that quote all the time, and at the time I don't think I really understood it, but it spoke to me in some way, and it's partially just because that song is amazing, yeah, it, that, the melody is amazing, and the moment that it happens at is amazing, but, and I think that Jeff Mangum is, and from what I've like read and heard about him is that like, people kind of, because his songs are so personal and his performances are so personal and like. Everyone I talked to who saw him on this last like solo tour that he went on said that it was just like a religious experience. Yeah. And that people were just like weeping, you know, and that like people would come up to him and kind of just like open up, you know. And so he was someone like just with so much emotional input and like especially just like I feel like the neutral milk hotel fans, myself included, are, you know, emotional people. And yeah. Maybe some turbulent minded kind people but um 
you know, those are the types of people that would be coming to him and just opening up to him. <laughs> and like, and I think he's kind of a shy person. So I think a lot of times he just had a lot, uh, coming at him, you know? Um, and there, there are like a couple different responses to the world, you know? And for a lot of times in my life, like, it was it was like a tragic response, <laughs> you know, when I would see things in myself and I'd see things in the world and I would respond with sadness, you know, or anger, um, which I definitely still do plenty of the times. But one of the other ways to channel that is is just like, this is absurd, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this is so weird. And this is like just like a- applying some levity to it and mm-hmm. kind of some of the stuff that T.J. Miller was talking about on the Pete Holmes stuff, a podcast and just like. Yeah, just like realizing the absurdity of existence. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, man. I half-ass watched the movie once, though. Uh, you you really... That's the difference between us right there. <laughs> that, those two sentences. <laughs> um, but uh, that's what the whole book is about. And, like, it's mm. very funny. And, like, it's one of my favorite book series. It's just... it Because it, the whole like the beginning of the book is the main characters planet earth gets destroyed mm. because of a like clerical error in oh really yeah in like uh the space government <laughs> and the whole the whole, everything that happens in the book is and like in the book series is like this ha- happened because the world is random you can cry about it or you can laugh at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a big believer in, in that. And, um, I'm also a big believer in, uh, just finding truth in anything, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, God, it sounded so pretentious. I had a really <laughs> hard time. I really wanted to just stick by that sentence and not apologize for it. But, but uh, you know, and, and this is something I came to kind of realize like through high school and things like that. And like, I, I was very atheist for a very mm-hmm. long period of time. Um, and I still like love and respect atheism and I still feel atheist about a lot of things. And, and I, re- you know, one principle of atheism that I admire is skepticism. Mm-hmm. And like one thing about science that I admire is like, let's take our ideas and like hit them with a sledgehammer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, that radical, uh, quest for truth is, is really like incredible, you mm-hmm. know? And just, so just being able to, with the lens of like, oh, let's learn something. Let's let's be transformed. You can apply that to the Bhagavad Gita. You can apply it to an episode of Adventure Time. You can apply it to a conversation you're having with someone you fucking hate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this um, podcast, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, no, no. Um, but you know, and so I, 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 um, I spent a long time like being very concerned with. Um, Oh, I know what you're. Sorry, but I'm just gonna twi- twist your headphones back in. Okay. Are you good? Can you hear? Yeah. Cool. Um, I don't know. Like, I when I applied to modern day, actually, my entrance essay was like, I don't believe in God, but I really want to, and I'm really mm-hmm. jealous of all of the people that do. <laughs> and maybe if I come here, I will learn to love God. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I had that kind of spiritual hunger or something. Um, Cause my parents like we went to church, ish, you know, mm. 
like went uh you know on like christmas and easter and stuff like that and we never like talked about like we would say grace when like guests were over (laughs) (laughs) which is pretty weird right looking back um but uh and i but i just i spent so much time with like folding my arms and and just which is i think is an is a natural healthy thing to do but I was just like so skeptical of religion, you know, mm. and, and really just like watching lots of uh, George Carlin clips on YouTube and just being like, so stupid, fucking so dumb, Bible so fucking dumb, <laughs> fucking fuck this, very much stupid, I'm fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> and having a lot of atheist conversations, which like the, a lot of those conversations can be great, but a lot of those conversations are like, like just like arguing so hard that God doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's just like, I just got really tired of that conversation, you know, because it's like, okay, you're right. <laughs> now what? <laughs> and I started listening to a lot of Duncan Trussell and a lot of, mm-hmm. and just like listening to him talk about religion and the Bible and, um, I don't know, just, uh, the power of mythology and the power of ritual and the power of people coming together. And, um, I don't know, like, uh, I just got, and so I got more and more, into Buddhism because I dated mm-hmm. this one girl that was really into it and she I read all these books and stuff like that and um, I got much more interested in the practical effects <laughs> of religion <laughs> and much less concerned with the like philosophical questions about like mm. where do we come from where do we go when we die which are fun to ponder but I tend to be a lot more agnostic about those things and like who cares <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, how do I the only thing I know for certain is that like we got this life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so how do I how do I reduce that's why I'm so just drawn to Buddhism. Like I, I have a very like deep seated aversion to Catholicism. Mm. And and that's just from being a punky teenager that was around Catholicism, you know? And I've since learned to love it and appreciate it and glean things from it like and like you can from anything. Um just from listening to like Dan Harmon talk about Joseph Campbell and he was like one of the most intelligent people ever, you know, and, uh, like wrote, you know, the power of myth and like a bunch of books I haven't read, but I talked about of a thousand <laughs> faces. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and he was like, all religions are true, but none of them are literal, you know? And, um, I'm a big proponent of that. And just like, uh, <sighs> the reason that I was so immediately drawn to Buddhism is like, it's just so practical, you know, and it's not as concerned with theism or uh, mythology as much as it is with just like, I don't know, there's just like a lot of practical, useful information. And then, and there's a, there's a direct practice involved with it. And so it, it's, it's very activated, yeah. activating for a person that feels kind of hopeless or defeated <laughs> by suffering and stuff like that. And, you know, the first noble truth is that life is suffering. And I remember <laughs> reading that in high school and being like, that's a bummer, you know? <laughs> and then I was reading this book and this guy was saying like, yeah, a lot of people think that's really sad, but it's what that really means to me is like, it's not your fault. You know, <laughs> it's like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like there's a fundamental dissatisfaction about the nature of humanity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that to me is very interesting and just like why, Buddhism to me was so immediately uh, interesting because it, it was much more just like a spiritual guide to 
like psychology <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> just like okay what do we know what do we know about the human mind how can we learn to relate to it differently so that we can have a better time here on earth and stop being <laughs> assholes <laughs> <laughs> and to me that was great you know and the, and like um i'm sure that there are shitty buddhists out there and stuff like that but a lot of the problems i had with catholicism were much more political and had mm. less to do with the actual faith and the actual tradition uh itself you know yeah and um I don't know. So the more I got into that, the more like, you know, I started singing in the choir at the school and just being yeah. like, oh, like, there's just power in groups of people. I'm just rambling. Stop me at any point. There's just power in groups of people coming together. You yeah. Know? And so I think a lot of people ideologically disagree with the church and they end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and just like, oh, like, I think that gay people are, you know, equal, which I obviously do too, but it's like, Oh, if the church doesn't believe that, then fuck religion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like whoa, whoa, hold on. There's a lot of yeah. good stuff in there, and and just being able to separate ideas from politics and people, you know. And um, I don't know. I just got <laughs> and there's also to me there's a fun uh, sort of like civil disobedience like way of just like talking about jesus because it does make people very uncomfortable <laughs> and so there's this really mild punk rock nature to it so you because you just like i have it at the background of my computer so like i plug it in to do a presentation <laughs> in the class or something and i just i love just feeling the judgment from people <laughs> and my favorite thing is when people they just judge me and they but they're pretending not to and they're just like oh <laughs> hey good for you it's just a social experiment you know to me like a study of religion is just like a study of people you know Mm -hmm. and um it's just interesting because like everybody has such specific opinions about it and there's just like there aren't a lot of ideas that are that divisive and you can just say jesus and there are a certain amount of people that will just stop listening to you (laughs) you know yeah just just regardless of your opinion on Jesus, if you start talking about Jesus, they're just like, this guy's a fucking idiot (laughs) because that's an idea that I have a direct problem with. Like that, uh, an attachment to religion means that you're dumb, you know? Mm, Yeah. Just like, I don't know the, the, the the equivocation of unintelligence or with like with atheism, with intelligence, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's something that I really believed as a 15 year old. And that I've just, as I've gotten older, it's just like, (laughs) i don't believe it anymore and and a lot of it is because like arguing whether or not god exists like is not an extremely practical conversation because no matter who's right like it doesn't change a thing doesn't change a thing (laughs) you know so because i don't believe in god i i don't i mean i don't not believe in god i don't know it doesn't matter to me in a way and then i know it's weird to say that god is irrelevant but <laughs> like if i knew that god existed that would be so interesting and i have a million questions but like until we know for sure like i don't know i was listening to this one boot and sorry for just ranting the longest right. amount of time but i was listening to this one this buddhist uh, podcast it's like against the stream podcast and this guy was saying like how do you know what you know and um because a lot of people you know they take uh they discount like myths and stories and things like that because they they want truth. And, like <laughs> truth is science and history and things that I know are true because <laughs> somebody else told them to me. And like obviously, yes, like let's be skeptics. Let's 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 pursue truth. You know what I'm saying? And in a lot of ways, like art and science. There's that Albert Einstein quote about art, science, and religion are all 
you know, quest for higher truth or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and they all are, you know, they're all developing relationships with the unknown. And I'm like a firm believer in that. And I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive by any means. Um, but what was I saying a second ago before I Buddhism, Buddhism against the stream, against the stream podcast. Yes. Podcast. And this guy was just saying like, talking about like, how do you know <laughs> that like something in your history textbook is fucking true? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if that's your supposed like definer of hard truth at the end of the day, that's really just a story that somebody told you that you have no idea and you, and you use it as a frame of reference, but it's really hard to know anything. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of things we accept as true that we have no direct experience with. Like there's a lot of scientific theories that I just like have, I'm not going <laughs> to test them. <laughs> On a, uh, there's an episode of It's Always Sunny where Mac uh, disproves the theory of evolution by that logic. <laughs> exactly. So basically, just like if if we're gonna accept those things as true, which I, you know, we should. <laughs> we can yeah. trust scientists. You know, then why not entertain these myths? Yeah. Um, be- and because of the practical effects and like why not use these stories to try to make ourselves better people and I, I guess that's been my quest as of late because you can you can you can read the bible as an angry teenager and find things that piss you off and say that's bullshit that's bullshit fuck this thing and you can also read it with like okay, like, <laughs> this is beautiful, and this is transformative, and this is radical as fuck, you know? There's this idea, like, I almost feel like it's a lot more countercultural to be religious, <laughs> yeah. you know, than it is. Like, there's this idea that, like, at least growing up, that, like, being atheist was, like, punk rock and countercultural and anti-establishment, but, like, to me, like, when I meet someone who's, like, a person of faith, I'm, like, much more interested Same. Yeah, me too. <laughs> in them than <laughs> anyone else, you know? Because I feel like that takes balls. I feel yeah. like that's actually radical, you know what I'm saying? And not that, um... But I was... But I don't know. I, I not, not to, uh... shit on atheists at all, because I was listening to David Cross the other day, and he's like a real hardcore atheist, and he's someone who I like, who's an atheism I really respect. That isn't just like, because a lot of atheists I feel like just like people that used to be Catholics and are just very angry yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the things that he said that I thought was really cool was like, I don't need a, I don't need a book to tell me how to be a good person, hmm. you know. And I, I love that idea. Like, oh yeah, let's divert, let's defer to our internal senses of morality as opposed to outsourcing, letting other people tell us how to be and how to behave. I'm like. That's a beautiful idea. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I, I like sort of just wandering around. And I, I do identify with Buddhism. And I hesitate calling myself a Buddhist because I know that there are a lot of picky Buddhists out there that say I wouldn't qualify because I <laughs> eat meat and I go to the movies. And I like to have a beer every now and then and kiss girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's much more to me just like a harvester of ideas and just like how do we be better people <laughs> anyways i'm just rambling across the world yeah you know? but you are a collector of religious texts yourself yes i am do do you read them i need to i i really want to um because i yeah i think there's a lot i think there's a lot to be gained because i with like catholicism i was raised in it um at i think we both went to saint bonaventure didn't we yeah um for so i did like stuff there but like i always 
I don't know. It never stuck with me, even as an early, as a mm. young kid, which is, I feel like when it would, and yeah. I just, I don't know, like, I didn't like, I don't exactly, and I still don't really like exactly the idea of how human the God they show is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if there is, it's way beyond human <laughs> emotions and, and yeah. even like humans ability to perceive it. Like, yeah. Well, that was one of my big problems because I, I, I was just a kid in religion class that would just argue, you know, yeah. like an idiot, though, you know, because it's like, I don't know what point I was trying to prove. <laughs> but one of the fundamental problems that I had was that, like, they would teach that Jesus Christ was fully divine and fully human. And my argument was like, <laughs> you can't be fully human. Like, part of being human is not being God. <laughs> you know, that's like a very big part of being human is being hopeless, you know? And yeah. so that was a huge problem that I had. I was just like, you can't be God like, and a person. You can't know like, what it's like to be a person and also be God, <laughs> you know? My biggest problem was like, I had like two. I remember one day in like, it was either church or like communion, first communion school where they're like, you love Jesus above everything else. And I thought, I've never met Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, the other is like, you you must love God with all your heart, but you also must fear him. And like, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. I don't think you should, like, if, like, if you extend that relationship, because like God's the father and we're all his children. If you extend that to like, you, a son shouldn't be, afraid of his father yeah like i mean like a son like obviously there's like sons being afraid of their fathers because like they did something wrong or like getting punished for that but like i don't i i don't think i don't like i don't like fear in a loving relationship and i don't like guilt yeah i'm saying and a lot of there's a lot of beautiful catholics that i've come to know and that was kind of the cool part of modern day and doing like walking faith and thing was like meeting people that are doing it right because i feel like catholics kind of get a bad reputation yeah they definitely do But one thing i don't like is that yeah like fear and guilt are like pretty big parts of it and there's kind of like the default is just like it's your fault (laughs) it is your fault you were born with yeah you were born wrong I don't original like the sin. idea of original sin it's like how do i fuck up already <laughs> gee i just got here i'm a baby <laughs> but um what was um i think like like this maybe sound mean to jewish people and uh, not at all i although i don't know a lot of them i think they're great people fuck um, jewish people <laughs> i think like a lot of what's <laughs> the problem kidding. with catholicism is that they don't follow jesus as much as they should like the old testament Snaps. like the old testament is a contract made between god and the israelites yeah the new testament is a contract made between god and everyone and mm. like I, I feel like the old contract is void now like everything yeah. that like like <laughs> you can't eat shellfish sorry that was in the old contract uh gays can't marry sorry new contract says love everyone despite everything yeah so i think like I feel like if everyone, I I don't know. I there's just some like Catholics in the world that are great, and like you meet them and you you think like you're a true follower of Christ because you exactly. love everyone. And there are a lot of people that are a lot more Christian than certain Christians I meet in the sense yeah. that they embody the values of what I perceive Christ to be. You yeah. Know, <laughs> than certain like people that are focused on dogma. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? And there are a lot of parables in which Jesus like kind of talks about those types of people, you know, which is <laughs> to me the most hilarious the, like, part. The the Good Samaritan, a priest walks by the dying yeah. man and uh the outcast saves the saves the Samaritan. Yeah. Or, I mean the a Samaritan, the outcast. Totally. Or guy. the one where the dude falls in the hole and he's like, Sorry dude, it's the Sabbath, <laughs> like I'm not gonna pull you out of a hole. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that today just in that those words or no, just like, a guy falling in yeah. a hole oh sorry man <laughs> it's a sabbath <laughs> but you know and and um and then jesus's point at the end of that is just like yo the sabbath was um he says yo <laughs> he says yo peeps but, you know the sabbath was meant to serve man not man to serve the sabbath and so i, I think like his point there is like don't get caught in the um uh, and the dogma and the yeah. details and all that shit, you know, don't let that distract you from the whole point of this, which is love everybody, yeah. you know, which sounds like a campy idea. But if you actually think of, I don't know, like I, to me, like love is like a pretty bold fucking stance, <laughs> you know, and I'm, especially lately, like I feel like there's this idea that love is passive or, or weak mm. or something like that. And I'm. I think it's pr- it's a pretty active fucking rock yeah. and roll concept, you know what I'm saying? To really love everybody, <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking hard. That that's the because like I in like relation to like other things like uh, like um, I don't know like a relationship like a like after it's over, it's so much easier to like just hate. Oh yeah, it's so much easier to find so the flaws easy. and like because like in a relationship you're hurt and like it's easier to feel hate than say like oh like you had your problems that you had to deal with so like <laughs> yeah but well it takes energy to open up and to understand people and to love and hate is easy it's yeah because you can it i don't know it, it's just it's so much easier to it doesn't require a lot of effort yeah you know because like loving like takes some understanding it's easier to destroy than to build yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, Chris Hardwick was talking about this a lot uh, when on this, I think, a Mark Maron podcast, oh. actually. Uh, <laughs> I swear. It's the only podcast I listen to. Um, he was just talking about He's like, do you ever notice as people get older, they get like a little more racist? <laughs> <laughs> and it's because like, yeah, you, you, you have to put active energy into understanding things. And it's, yeah. it's easy to simplify and to reduce and yeah. to... And I think that at, at some at an extreme level becomes prejudice and and ignorance and just like you know because like it, it's it's evidenced every time you you know there's some guy that you think is a jerk and then you get to, you get to know him and you're like oh that guy's a cool dude yeah. you know and I think that that like as your mind gets lazier that can add up over time too eh, I don't yeah. really like Jamaicans <laughs> or something I don't know that's a very specific racist yeah it just sounds out of my head. <laughs> I love Jamaicans and I love Jewish people. I just want to say that retrospectively um, for this podcast. <laughs> and all the Jamaican Jews out there. Amon. <laughs> Yamanka. Yamanka. What's the thing that uh, Jewish people say? Shalom. Uh, shalom. Isn't there one? There's another one. Uh, Mazel Tov. <laughs> There's one that they say on uh, like Saturday or something. It's Saturday. <laughs> it's Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not Jewish, so you shouldn't be asking me. 
Oh, if anyone Jewish is listening, they're just doing some face palms and things. Anyways, my apologies. Um, uh, all like um, you made me think of another Pete Holmes bit because like, athe- like I don't like, I don't. I feel like atheism is. You're right. Like it's people who are angry. Like. Yeah, well, to me, like they're just—they're basically just like reverse evangelists, and yeah. they're just as frustrating as someone trying to convince you that God exists, and like, yeah, exactly. are just as stubborn about it. And it's just like just that God doesn't exist, and it's like, why are you so convinced <laughs> of this? I—I <laughs> I think that like, I mean, you can believe whatever you want to believe as long as yeah. you're not a jerk about it. You don't hurt people or their things. Yeah. But um, the like Pete Holmes bit, the uh, like uh, he talks about. Because Pete Holmes talks about religion a lot. Um, his bit is about, like, you're on a plane that's crashing. Do you want to be the cynical person in first class drinking, saying this is as meaningless as it ever was? Or do you want to be the Christian in coach, like, praising that you're going to heaven? <laughs> like, and I don't, like, it also just kind of ties into my idea of, like, cynicism and optimism. How, like... Yeah, I feel like a lot of people like to be cynical because mm-hmm. they want to. It's again like it's easier to critique things and like yeah. think things and are there's, bad. There's power in that. Yeah, in critiquing something, there's the implication that it's like, oh, I'm better than this. Yeah. Or if I understand it and I can point out the flaws, it's like I'm somehow above it. And then like, like it's the idea when like if they're like really excited, like in situations they have further to fall if they're disappointed. But like totally with. I think I it's think, a risk. It's a risk yeah. believing in something. But it's I, vulnerable. I, I think optimism is. I I don't know. I think it's better because like even though you have further to fall yeah. with optimism, like I feel like you reach higher highs. Like, Absolutely. You're happier and like, I feel like with optimism, I feel you're so much readier to help out, to yeah. build and create. And cynicism, you think like, oh, it's all meaningless or stupid anyway. So why don't I just lay in bed and watch stupid tv that i'm not even paying attention to and scroll on facebook yeah um i don't know like yeah the i i, I think it comes to, and i was listening to this, this podcast again the other day um and it comes down to this this fundamental like there are two responses to i think someone was talking about yo-yo ma or something <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> There's two responses to Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> oh, boy. I wouldn't be shocked if I said some bullshit like that. Um, Sorry, there's two responses. No, yeah. It, 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 they were quoting Yo-Yo Ma. Saying that, uh, there are two... I forget what the responses were, but basically to the world or to chaos or to pain or anything or to change. Mm. Um, and that one is to close down and put up barriers to create this like modicum of safety Mm. um and the other is to to embrace it and to open up and uh you know be open to those things and that's hard that's scary and but with that emotional risk comes emotional reward you know yeah and um i mean that happens in so many levels in my life you know like things that i close down to you know and i and i put walls up around my heart in certain situations mm. and, and a lot of um you know practice in meditation is 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 me trying to be grateful that those walls are there you know not be angry at the walls which is something i often do just like oh why the fuck do i have those walls 
you know, but just because, like, okay, I must have needed them at one point, so I put them up, <laughs> and now, like, they're kind of holding me back, so I'm going to try to take them down. <laughs> but it's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but basically, like, yeah, I'm much more interested in in practice than, uh, than um, dogma and things yeah. like that, you know. That's because, um, back to religion, um, uh as I was saying, like, I, it never really stuck with me, but, like, the belief aspect of it, and then, so, but I was calling myself, like, I'm a Catholic, and then in junior year, Miss Copenhaver's class, a class we both were in, um, she was like, she... That was brutal. <laughs> she said, like, if you don't believe everything Catholics believe, you're not a Catholic, and then I was like, hope, I'm not a Catholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think... Like looking back on it now, I, th- I I think there's some good morals to take from it, and definitely, I think one of the best classes I ever took was Mr. Vio's World Religions class. Fucking and amazing class! It like it because that introduced me to Buddhism, and I really like Buddhism. Yeah. Again, like as a moral and practical, and like kind of not not spiritual but philosophical. Like one thing, like I always think about and. I like kind of base my life on is the middle path um, yeah. to explain to the listeners. The middle path is uh, between two extremes. There's virtue. Yeah. Um, well said. <laughs> so I, yeah. So like, I, I that's why I want to read all the religious texts. Cause um, I think there's a lot to be gained from them, from <clears throat> how people live there. Cause there, although there's like bad people in every relig- religion, there's also good people. There's True. really good people. Yeah, there are Buddhists that are just as fundamentalist and annoying and dogmatic, yeah. um, and controlling as. I mean, I just grew up in I grew up in a culture where I encountered that most with Christianity. Yeah. So I kind of associate my negative concepts of religion with Christianity, but that's just proximity. Like that has exactly. nothing to do with Christianity <laughs> itself. You know. But I'm sure there's like people in like high population like Islamic areas that. Like kid, little kids that have some rebellion against their religion, definitely. If, if that's possible, I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't really know any Islamic people. I was thinking about that the other day. I wanted to have someone Islamic on this podcast so we could just because there's so much Islamophobia yeah. happening right now. And like one of the things that we're talking about that I wanted to say was just like the separation of religion and people from culture. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because like there are a lot of Muslim countries that have like cultural aspects to them that i disagree with like the disenfranchisement of women and things exactly. like that that are horrible but it's like that has nothing to do with i'm sure like a lot of muslim people's relationship with god yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying and just being able yeah being able to se- separate politics and culture from religion and like practice and faith and and uh like just you know people trying to be good people and then obviously being able to separate yeah. that from <laughs> terrorism you know yeah. what i'm saying and, and it's and it's um and i part of me thinks that it's naive but i mean like uh i just don't think that <sighs> divisiveness and finger pointing you know that's that's separation you know yeah and that that doesn't lead to unity <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's 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 easier it requires less effort to be like to generalize you know yeah and i think it takes more effort to try to understand individuals and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. I got in a very heated argument with someone about this the other day. About um, 
Islam? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they not? It was just basically they were arguing that for some level of profiling to avoid. Like the idea that Islam is a violent religion. Yeah. yeah. The idea of radical Islam. Yeah. And uh, just like. Yeah. And they were just saying like, okay, most of these attacks are Muslim people. We should be focusing on interrogating and, and investigating mm. Muslim people. You know what I'm saying? Which starts from the same place that I was starting from, which is like, wow, <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> a lot of people have been murdered yeah. in the last couple of weeks. What's up, buddy? And like, um, and that's fucked. And how do we stop this from happening? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I am of the belief that it doesn't start with, separating and dividing because those are the types of things that lead that lead to that violence yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know and Uh, this person was of a different belief but part of me is afraid that like that's just my really like maybe like liberal naive uh idealistic (laughs) youth idea that just like oh everyone is equal and great and you know like the real like real politics don't have to involve ugly ideas like Mm profiling and, and segregation and things like that um and i don't i really want to believe that they don't you know and yeah I, and i do but i mean like that whenever that counter argument comes up of like this is the real world son <laughs> you know, part of me is like oh yeah maybe i'm just you know some privileged white kid <laughs> sharing articles on facebook you know yeah um for like the writing class i had last year i wrote a paper about um uh about like how to deal with racial uh, not racial uh religious intolerance because i uh, like we were supposed to find an article or a current event a recent current event and like write about it and i chose the um the mosque that they were building near ground zero and how um there's such a negative view towards islam and again all these ideas i have to like thank mr Vio and his class for yeah Um, definitely i think like just because and like, I don't there, because Mr. V will always talk about that, um, like the ideal religion, the perfect religion of like Islam and Christianity, no one gets hurt, no one dies. And there's this, like the most quoted thing in the Quran, I believe that like, again, I'm no Quran scholar. I'm just a stupid kid. Um, <laughs> the most quoted thing from the Quran that like people like, show to say that islam is a violent religion you know when people do podcasts and it says like the guest like in the description it's like massimo parentheses like improv actor quran specialist (laughs) (laughs) please keep going um but like uh the quote is like it's something like uh seek out enemies and destroy them and everyone's like look at this they're violent and then like the next part of the quote is but if they do not seem to har- if they do not mean you harm don't attack them because just like how um like the acts of the apostles uh the book in the bible was written like in a time where christian christians were uh, uh persecuted so the Bi- the bible was written that part of the bible was written to like give them faith give them hope yeah to rise above the persecution the quran was written in a time of war so mm-hmm. um it was it's the the messages are like to help 
help uh, the people survive the war and win right. it. Um, so I think, and the next part of the paper was that I think that, and like this kind of originally came as out just out of the paper, me trying to figure out stuff to write. And then I kind of now believe it that I think like in class, in like all schools, people should learn about all religions because yeah. it's such a huge part that is neglected from from all schools and i don't mm. mean because obviously ch- separation of church and state right i think like it should be taught not from a faith perspective but a yeah by unbiased like 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 if i were like if we were to be analyzing the great gatsby like exactly. analyzing yeah like the quran the bhagavad gita yeah. the bible and see what it's talking about and how like how that's affected people how like what all these people believe because it's 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 easier to hate someone when you don't really understand them yeah we should just be you know like we have sex education like we should have religious education you know yeah props to catholic school for having that compared (laughs) yeah that was again the best religious course i took in all of modern day definitely opened my mind yeah honestly like the Catholic education that I got there wasn't great. No, I learned no. so much more about Catholic. Maybe that was just due to my anger, but like, yeah. I learned so much more about Catholicism from other sources. Yeah, you know, from listening to Pete Holmes, <laughs> and Duncan Trussell, and and uh, you know, um, you know Scott Melvin, and <laughs> you know, but that that wasn't like part of the curriculum, you know. Yeah, um, because I think it's being taught from that, like. This is what the church believes. Exactly. You have to believe this, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's like this expectation or something like that. And yeah, that comparative religion course, when it was just like, let's just, just learn about this. Yeah. You know, it was hugely beneficial. Yeah. Uh, See, so yeah, I just, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly on topic. Uh, I've, you have you ever read the Bible? I've read uh, the entire thing. No, okay. I've read a lot of the Bible though. Um, there was a period freshman year where <laughs> I would just get really high by myself and just read the Bible, just read weird parts <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I was saying, like how like I I've not I'm not very I was never very religious for some reason. I really like biblical imagery. Yeah, like have you read the Bible? No, I need to. But every time like a book or movie or a song has like biblical imagery mm. it really gets to me like yeah what like i love I gospel like f- of what i've heard like gospel music i love it like oh yeah uh i went down to the river to pl- pray i love that song it's amazing and i and i think that that um that to me has much more to do with mythology you yeah know what I'm saying? exactly and, and that mythology is so embedded you know and that's why i love artists like Paul Simon or Father John Misty or people that will kind of invoke these religious yeah. ideas as metaphors and as mythology. Um, yeah, because it's so, it's so visceral. And yeah. Leonard Cohen, who is Jewish, yeah. but uses so much biblical imagery. The, so much, uh, he talks about Christ so much. The back, he's Jewish. Uh, the back of his, like, uh, his, uh, the songs of Leonard Cohen is like this, uh, it's this Yeah, that lady painting. in the fire. It's like a Christian painting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and I know Father John Missy is such a big Leonard Cohen fan, and he never <laughs> talks about it in interviews. But I know that he is, and I think he. Well, just like I feel like it's a tradition of a lot of American songwriters to have some relationship to, like 
specifically Christian mythology. And when and it, whenever it's invoked, there's like a... Yeah, it's weird. I never get angry in a song when somebody talks about God or something yeah. like that. Like, or, or, I mean, I don't get angry at God as much anymore. But like when I was younger and I would listen to somebody talking about God or writing about God, I might dismiss that idea. But for some reason, in a song, it just felt so much more appropriate because it didn't feel like someone was pushing it onto you. It's just like, I'm going to use this as imagery or as a symbol or as something, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a lot more things you can do with the song. Like, I was thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, like, I can write a, like, poem that's whiny about my emotions. And, like, <laughs> I'll I'll never want to share it because it's so whiny and so pretentious. But, like, you could write the same thing and make it a song and it's it's not whiny yeah there's like, something transcendent about melody yeah that yeah that, that gives something a sympathy that uh sometimes a written word doesn't have yeah but i think sometimes like the reverse is true as well um and i think sometimes poetry can be more moving mm. uh out of the context of melody because when you're in when you're working with melody you're working with like you're kind of working in real time and like if you're working within mu like there are certain limitations within music like i mean there's atonal music and there's arrhythmic music that try to escape the kind of boundaries but you're you know you you're somewhat uh you know what's the word i'm looking for you know you're in a key you're in a <laughs> meter <laughs> you know you kind of you're uh serving some masters you know within that yeah. sphere but yeah there's something cool about music that that has that trick but i man i have to pee the most <laughs> <laughs> can i pee real quick yeah can sure we just pause because yeah I, this is so great <laughs> and so Mackin opens the door he goes out i assume he takes his trash to the trash can he's in the bathroom now just sitting there probably not sitting there maybe standing I think he said something, but I can't really hear. Mackin has returned. He's wearing a striped shirt. Very American. Because it has red, white, and blue. Anyways. <laughs> I was thinking while I was pooping about... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I mean business. Um, there's this one Wilco lyric that, like, outside of the context of melody might not be as powerful. Um, it's There's a song called We're Just Friends on the album Summer Teeth, that's just, it's, if love's so easy, why is it hard? <laughs> and it sounds like a pretty dumb lyric. <laughs> just like pretty juvenile, something like, like a child would say. 
but it's just so simple and honest and pure mm. and like in the melody it's just like it's like my favorite Wilco <laughs> lyric <laughs> and it, there's so much more like so many more deep lyrics that are so like more well crafted technically and deeper and insightful and specific but this one he's just like love so easy why is it hard and it's just like oh <laughs> you know and yeah I, and i think that speaks to what, what we were kind of talking about a second ago the power of melody and stuff <laughs> like that we real quick uh jumping back i had this thought when we were talking about like like being like embarrassed of christianity and whatnot like because so i drive for campus cruiser which is like driving yeah. around students and so i'll listen to my own music and like sometimes i have to be careful what music i put on because like i'll put on like neutral milk hotel and the first the second song starts with i, I lo love you jesus <laughs> so like i people are just sitting in my car oh, listening yeah. to this weird guy <laughs> sing about yeah. jesus christ yeah uh <laughs> i love that i would do that intentionally sometimes <laughs> just freak people out <laughs> um but uh sorry for getting off topic yeah we got a strict schedule to stick to here yeah uh, <laughs> sorry no that's okay i like all the thoughts in your yeah brain. thanks uh what are things that what, what makes you happy man you, um, you said a while ago you said that like you don't have ways to kind of like release your emotions but you're someone who i think is very like just entrenched in art and without and like yeah. you know whether it's a video game or a book or, or the, you know you're someone who's just there's so much rich story in your life and i don't know i feel like those are vehicles for catharsis yeah um, and like they are like i've been called stoic before and what does that mean to you stoic um when, when i learned it it's like you don't really show emotion Mm -hmm. and like you don't really open up and stuff and yeah, I, I get that from your texts messages <laughs> sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes I'm like is he very mad at me <laughs> yeah i because i don't like to i use exclamation points now like yeah when you mean them yeah you know when i look at my own text and i'm like hey <laughs> how are you i'm here <laughs> like, so excited for the movie it's like i don't fucking talk like that at all <laughs> you know so in a way i respect <laughs> the way you text but because there's this culture yeah. of let's put exclamation points after everything that when it's not that way, I'm like, <gasps> are they so mad at me? <laughs> that's, that's one of the first, that's one of the things I learned from having a girlfriend is you have to be a bit more expressive in text sometimes, <laughs> especially cause like my first one, like my first relationship, a lot of it, the first part of it, just cause it was high school and we couldn't do much was done Texting. over text. But, um, yeah. like, I don't know, like, I feel like, cause like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's just like when I'm upset or something, I feel like I want to like punch something or like break something. But every time like I punch like my pillow or my car seat, I don't know. I don't feel like a release, but, yeah. um, and like, I think about like, if I break something, I'm just going to have to clean it up and I'm going to have yeah. a broken thing. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a release, but like music, I'm, I'm laughing because I have that same impulse. Where I'm like, I want to fucking break something, but I'm so practical. But I'm just like, oh, I have to sweep it up after. <laughs> um, but like, c just because like, and like, I, I'm pretty stoic in my house. Um, so like in my car, yeah. I'll like release emotions. Like um, there was one time. I was listening to song for the song for the dumped by Ben Foles. Yeah. And like, obviously like the other girls I did are awful. They're both lovely, lovely people. 
and only one of them dumped me but she's also she's a lovely lovely person um but just singing along to it and like like the lyric like fuck you too like fuck you too that like is that was so cathartic when i was just oh, like yeah. upset and sad just give me my money back you bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah and like what so, a great fucking song like he wrote that about the drummer's girlfriend actually. really <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's that's one way i release my emotions but like i don't i don't get that a lot and that's only like to release like like kind of upset and anger sometimes sadness yeah um like i i don't i feel like i don't like also like release my like happiness and excitement a lot either just because sometimes i feel like i'm uh like things i'm excited about people aren't as excited as i am about them and so like all i i'm like i'm like bouncing off the walls yeah. but inside kind of shit do you get excited about i don't know just like <clears throat> it, it's really lame but like comic-con was last weekend and there was a lot of cool trailers yeah. <laughs> and i was super excited about all of them and i want to like Fuck yeah everyone to bounce off the walls with me and like i showed them to joey and joey was pretty excited about them too yeah <coughs> what trailers um there was uh <coughs> dr strange fucking nerd you fucking nerd you <laughs> piece of shit nerd fuck you <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but like uh there was a trailer for the dr strange movie um oh, cool there was this really sick um for the netflix uh marvel show the defenders they had this i think it's a nirvana song uh the like come as you were is that Nirvana? come as you are come as you are like the trailer didn't release anything like besides like having a character talk but the way they used the music in it was so like they like did this whole intro and like doing like singing come as you are and like showing like creating the title defenders using strips from like the other like logos and then like it has uh it has like this one character say like you think you can save the city you can't even save yourselves then it says the defenders and then that starts oh it was and i was so hyped on it that's fucking dope yeah dude. did you see the rick and morty thing from the courtroom no i haven't about? i need to see it i watched it last night it's pretty fucking great <laughs> but yeah i think season three of rick and morty is coming soon sick yeah because there's a harmontown at comic-con oh yeah 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 dude <laughs> You just started a podcast. I was, um, like, since you brought it up last night, I was thinking about it, and, like, like the one I came up with was, it's it would be titled, like, I don't know my friends that well, and, <laughs> and it would be me just, like, getting to know my friends better, like, talking to them yeah. about their life stories. And that's like, all this one is. Yeah, I know. That's all this one is. <laughs> I was going to say we should do a little example one, but that's what this conversation <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um i don't know i just because i've been listening to podcasts for a while actually yeah i uh i think i started the nerdist pretty soon after it started uh so i like it and i would like to do that like like what i like with everything i like i would like to do it i would like to make music but i'm not musically inclined i would like to read more books <laughs> yeah so Maybe one day when I get some sound equipment, all I have is a five-year-old computer and no microphones. You just do voice memos on your iPhone, man. <laughs> that's that's also true. I can do that. Yeah. Well, if you if you're ever, uh, I could show you the ropes of some of this digital audio bullshit. <laughs> if you're ever curious. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll 
I de- I know one day in the future some sort of podcast will be created by me. If you ever just want to like use my stuff, <laughs> like I could easily, you know, we could start a little podcast <laughs> network with our friends. We can call it a mouth wolf. Mouth wolf. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Like I, that's a very genuine offer. Like I could easily Thanks. just like set this up for you and then like come back in like two or three hours and you're done. Sick. So I'm going to hold you to that. Right. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> uh, I had a fun idea sure. that I thought we could try. I don't know if this will work. Is there any way that you and I could play a one person game of everyone is John right now? Like a really short, <laughs> simplified version. And if it's not like, don't worry about it. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I thought that might be really fun. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it would kind of, yeah. Um, you want to try it? Sure. Okay. Should we explain, can you explain what it is? All right. Uh, while I'm doing that, you think of your character that you're going to play. Okay. So this game is called Everyone is John. Uh, in it, it's supposed to be played by multiple people. Um, <laughs> in it, you're, you play a man with multiple personality disorder or schizophrenia or whatever, and you're all fighting to control this man named John and accomplish your own tasks, and you all have goals. And so um, the, uh, like, one, you have to, like, accomplish three goals and you have skills to accomplish them. Like, one example is, like, you're a businessman. So your first goal is easy. Acquire a suit. Second goal, a little harder. Um, Sell a house. Third goal, really hard. Convince someone you're Satan and buy their soul. And so, um, yeah. And, like, your skills are, like, persuasion and... I don't know, road building. That could be two of your skills. And what's your role as game master? Game master, I um what I do is I uh I set up the world and I help guide them through their little story that they're creating. Um and uh I since like it's a it's mainly a game to just have fun in, I I will either allow them to do stuff or like disallow them to do some for comedy. Um yeah, just to make everyone laugh and have fun. So yeah, do you have your do you have your goals and your character? No, <laughs> I was just listening to you. But I let's um, let's make it like an old woman from Wisconsin. All right. Uh, who uh, is a magician? <laughs> yeah, let's make it an old Wisconsin magician. What's lady. her name? Uh, her name's Margaret. <laughs> Margaret the magician. Margaret the magician. <laughs> what are what are her what are her goals? Uh, her goals are get a rabbit. <laughs> uh, her second goal, <laughs> make it to Vegas. <laughs> and her third goal is transcend the mortal realm. <laughs> <laughs> also another thing this uh this game takes place solely in minneapolis minnesota <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> um what are your skills should i only do two maybe i should do two goals yeah just so we could make it like a little concise version yeah all right so we'll, so we'll we'll say pull a rabbit out of a hat that'll be the first one <laughs> and like, transcend the mortal world and transcend the mortal realm <laughs> Oh, is that a good? Is there another? Is there another magi- What would a good magician goal be? Hmm. 
make someone disappear. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Let's do make someone disappear and then like, yeah. Okay. Pull a rabbit out of a hat and make someone disappear. What are her skills? Uh, <laughs> charisma <laughs> and steel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Charisma and stealth. <laughs> All right. So normally in the game, you have multiple people playing and they'd all have will points, which are like 10, I don't know, Mike and Ikes or whatever you have or 10 of. And you bet for control since it's just Mackin. He won the first round. Oh, dope. <laughs> Uh, so you open your eyes and you look into a mirror and you see yourself standing there. I look fucking hot. <laughs> you uh, look burned. I. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know why, but your skin is clearly red and burned. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're standing shirtless in swim trunks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Uh, I checked my pockets. <laughs> you have surfboard wax, a wallet, and a Nokia phone. Oh, all right. My the guy's a dude, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I examine the room. You're in a bathroom. Are there any towels or things? <laughs> you see, there is a towel dispenser, but um. Some jerk took all the towels. Oh fuck! There, there there's air dryers though. <laughs> um, is it a public restroom? Yes. Are there other people in it? Uh, there's stalls. There's no one at the urinals. I look to see if anyone's in the stalls. You look over the stalls and you see uh, one man on his phone. <laughs> I uh. I say, holy fuck, someone burned my face. <laughs> the man in fright drops his phone into the toilet, then gets very upset. He tries to stand up, but then his pants are around his ankles, so he trips and falls into the door. Oh, shit. Is he conscious still? Uh, no. <laughs> I take his shirt and I put his shirt on. <laughs> the man was, uh, he was 2XL. <laughs> So you're wearing, like, a, a dress, basically. Can I tear the sleeves off? <laughs> sure. And wrap them around my face, my burned, my horrible burned face. <laughs> sure. Okay, I do that. All right. I check his wallet, also. <laughs> um, he has a, a card for 30 Bitcoin. Oh, dope. My grandson uses these. <laughs> Fucking shack. All right, I exit the bathroom. All right. <laughs> Uh, you're at the beautiful Minneapolis beach that totally exists. <laughs> With my face wrapped in shirt <laughs> sleeve bandages and my sleeveless. What kind of shirt was he wearing? Uh, I was like a, a green button down okay. to the beach. <laughs> With... <laughs> Dope. Uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, uh... Hmm. I approach as the nearest stranger. <laughs> uh, you notice a little kid with an ice cream cone nearby. I say, hey, kid, do you like magic? No, magic doesn't exist. Grow up. Oh, really? Where's your parents? Dead. That's... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make them disappear. 
<laughs> but someone beat me to it. <laughs> the kid throws the ice cream cone at your face and walks away. Uh, my face was hot, so this is... Thank you. Thank you. Do you know where any pet stores are? He I doesn't. Say. He doesn't. Well, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm having a bummer day so far. <laughs> Burnt and I have ice cream all over yeah. my face. Oh, shit. Uh, I, I, st- I start walking down the avenue. All right. Um, you, uh, you see in the distance like a little like seaside shopping center. Mm. Um, they have a pickup sticks, a Starbucks, an Albertsons, a Chase Bank. I'm describing Seacliff, yeah. which means they also have a Petco. Oh! Yo, I go, I go inside of the Albertsons, and I look for a hat. <laughs> for some reason, I didn't think you were going to do that first. <laughs> I got to get the hat, too. <laughs> All right, you go... Um, <laughs> You see they have visors. (laughs) (laughs) I buy the visor. I get the visor for sure. All right. You take the visor and you walk to the um, checkout stand. I say hello. It's the (laughs) (laughs) self-checkout. Hello, little robot guy. The security guard's looking at you strange. I use magic. You use science. We could set aside our differences for this little transaction. All right. The hat's twelve ninety five. Do you accept Bitcoin by chance? The, the machine is not intelligent. Intelligent. I make a fucking break for it. The um, the security guard, enraptured by what was going on, <laughs> was too stunned to move, and you <laughs> stole the visor. Yes! It's like one of those poker visors. It's like <laughs> transparent <laughs> and green. <laughs> I put it on and walk real cool over to the pet go. So uh, just to like sum up your appearance, you're <laughs> wearing <laughs> board shorts, no shoes, a oversized shirt without the sleeves that are wrapped around your face and a visor. <laughs> yeah, I look like a hip weightlifting surfing mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to the Petco next? Yeah. All right. And I just start screaming at the top of my lungs. I just go, ah! Everybody out! <laughs> and I just see what happens. No one moves. <laughs> and then I clear my throat and I go, <clears> throat> Do you have any rabbits, ma'am? <laughs> uh, the nearest man is upset that you called him ma'am. <laughs> he says, yes, we're Petco. What do you think we have? Not pets? Oh, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> so what if I did, huh? Get out of my face. Go uh, find the rabbits on your I own. I think you're repressing your femininity, mister. <laughs> you're not my psychiatrist. Do you have a neutral gender name like Jordan or Alex? <laughs> nah, it's Tim. The Timberman. Tim the Timberman. <laughs> the manliest name of all. <laughs> Do you want to come with me, Tim? I could show you the... <laughs> Roll for charisma. <laughs> <laughs> so... If Mackin gets a 
three or lower. <laughs> he fails. I rolled a two. <laughs> and normally, if there were other people, it'd be other people's chance to <laughs> take control. But since uh, since it's just Mackin, he has to deal with the consequences. Woo! <laughs> so, uh, you, what'd you ask him, the Timberman? Do you want to come with me, Tim? He headbutts you. Oh, fuck. Um, You pass out on the floor and wake uh, up a couple hours later. Oh, shit. Is Tim still there? No, Tim. Tim, uh, he got off his shift, but before doing so, he dragged you to the back alley. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I, uh, am I okay? <laughs> I mean, you, you're you alive and you can walk. Okay. I walk back into the pet. <laughs> All right, you walk back in the pet, go. I go to the, I try to find the rabbits on my own. <laughs> you see a sign clearly marked rabbits. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I get one rabbit. All right, they're in cages, so what are you going to do? Like I ask the, asso- I say, associate. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, can I test out, <laughs> test drive one of these here rabbits? <laughs> test drive? I, you know, use it uh, for my grants, and I just want to make sure it's, uh, you know, got all its bones. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff. Just hold it for a little uh, bit. I, I, oh, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Why didn't you just say that instead of <laughs> saying you need to check it has all its bones? What's your name, ma'am? My name is Bruce. <laughs> Do you want to come with me, Bruce? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Anywhere, baby. And I, I kiss him on the cheek. Roll. <laughs> Six. Oh! <laughs> he says, I have no other plans in my life besides following you now. You are my God. <laughs> I, I smack him on the ass. <laughs> All right, so uh, he opens up the rabbit cage for you, and uh, you have the rabbit. And I reach through my, I take my <laughs> visor off my head. I reach through it with one hand. I grab the rabbit by its scruff, its back of its neck thing, and I pull it through the hat, and I say, Does this count? <laughs> <laughs> and God says, Yes, it does count. Because oh! <laughs> you literally, you pull the rabbit through the hat. You accomplished exactly what you wanted to. <laughs> I lick Bruce's face. He licks like the spit off. Like he has a pretty long tongue. So. Come on, Bruce. Do you have a fucking car? <laughs> nah, I just have a trike. <laughs> Is there a back seat on that baby? Yeah, it's one of those motorci- motor- motorized tricycles because I'm too lame to buy an actual motorcycle. All right fucking great <laughs> let's go so uh, drive to the nearest bridge <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> he gets in and you start driving away from the beach you see the beautiful sunsets um the I'm, bridge i'm whispering sweet nothings in his ear <clears throat> the bridge is um 15 minutes away however so you have to roll to stay awake okay Whew. Of pressure you stay awake oh! you're you're roll the six roll the six all right you get to the bridge and uh it's looking out over the beautiful minneapolis bay 
beach from, that totally exists from behind uh bruce i just like start rubbing his nipples like from like i'm you know like i'm behind him on the bike yeah. and i just say you're so smart <laughs> and handsome just like my career said. no one's ever told me that before thanks <laughs> hey bruce yeah uh and then i just i, I take the surf wax from my pocket <laughs> and i shove it in his mouth he he uh, amazed at what's going on flips out and starts swerving around <laughs> the surf um, wax like is jammed in there because like it was too big to fit but you forced it in and right. now it can't get out um oh we're still oh, i forgot to like stop the bike we're we're on the bike we're driving right oh, now. oh yeah you're still driving oh shit um oh fuck i say pull over and stop <laughs> he doesn't know what to do so he takes a hard right and like the bike flips over and you oh, guys shit. roll for a little bit and then like you find your, you are knocked out and you find yourself waking up in the you see uh a little while away from you the smoldering remains of the bike <laughs> shit <laughs> where is bruce <laughs> you see him his his you don't know if it's alive or dead body strung over the uh railing yeah yeah i uh i walk over to it <laughs> okay and uh i just uh i kiss his stomach <laughs> okay and i say now you see me <laughs> now you don't <laughs> and i push him over <laughs> You watch as his body plummets to the icy abyss below. And I, I pull out one cigarette and smoke it. At the very last second, he opens his eyes. And I say, you disappeared, bitch. <laughs> and then he plummets into the waters, never to be seen again. Boom! And that was Everyone is John, <laughs> except only Mackin was playing, so Mackin is John was the name of that game. Oh, fuck yeah. I've, I, I've just uh, I've always wanted to play like a role-play game on this podcast, because I'm a big fan of the uh, Dungeons and Dragons that they do on, oh, yeah. on Harvard Town. I would like, because we play, we obviously play a whole bunch of role-playing games with... Like all our nerd friends and whatnot, and we all really want to do a podcast of it, but we never, we never get it together. You should fucking do it, man. I know. There's been, <laughs> there was this moment. Uh, uh, are we good on time? Oh yeah, we're so chilling. I just the only thing that I'm concerned about is the battery in my laptop. Oh okay. There's plenty. Yeah, okay. We're so chilling. On cool. Time. So um, we I mean, were... this is a pretty long podcast, but yeah. like fuck everyone. <laughs> uh, we were playing this game of Pathfinder, which is Dungeons and Dragons, basically, yeah. and um. We set it in like the Elder Scrolls world, uh, which is like Skyrim. That doesn't really matter. Yeah. And so I was playing. We were up in this really high tower, and um, I was playing as a vigilante, and I had this um, special skill where it's called Perfect Fall. So like, as long as I'm near a wall, I don't take any fall damage. Right. So like, we were like, oh, done talking to the emperor guy, and I want to make a cool exit. So I jumped out the window, and like, so I could slide down the window, like slide down all like 300 stories or whatever. Yeah. But phil had just joined the game and he didn't know how high up we were <laughs> so he too jumped out the window oh shit and, yeah. and uh, just the moment of him realizing that he was plummeting to his death was hilarious that's fucking awesome <laughs> then our dm did a deus 
Deus Machina oh, and like saved him. A big bird come in or something. Yeah, basically. Nice. <laughs> well, dude, we could we could easily do it, man. I mean, I have the equipment. Yeah, it would be a fun, maybe like special episode or uh, something. Happy sad talk thing. Yeah. Uh, what would it be called? It'd be yeah, happy sad. Lord of the Rings. Uh, How, I'm trying to think. How I'm trying to think of like a pun one. A pun yeah, one. Because the I just did a concert one, and it's I'm gonna call it uh, Happy Sad Song Sing. <laughs> yeah. It's ha- fun. It's fun to put for me. This is something I do. But I'm, I just put like a, a new letter in front of all of it, like Happy Bad Bok Bing. That's pretty fun. Uh, uh, it could be Happy Sad Dungeon Ding. <laughs> like you're ringing the dungeon's doorbell. Well, that's that now. Happy sad dungeon ding. <laughs> that'd be great, man. Yeah. Let's do that sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks for doing my podcast. No problem. Though. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's been like, it's like July now, and you like offered this to me like April 1st. <laughs> yeah. Well, the podcast started because, you know, when you and me and Jordan were yeah. hanging out, uh, talking about. When that picture of, I wish my mom was here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Snapchat of me looked like a, looked yeah. like a fool, you know? <laughs> But yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad we did yeah. it. We should do it again. Sometime. Yeah, definitely. Fuck Love yeah. to. Dope. Cool. Goodbye, everybody. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a sign off. Okay. Eat your eat your burrito. Make your burrito crispy. Crispy burrito. Uh, no. I mean, a, a, a Felix or die. You know, probably be Felix. Felix or die. You know. Do you have a sign off that you do? I don't I don't have a I don't have a sign off. You should off. make one right now. Okay. And start doing it. Eat your eat your burrito. Make your burrito crispy. Crispy burrito. Make your burrito crispy. Just stealing from people <laughs> and Chris Hardwick. Uh, no, I mean a, a, a Felix or die, you know? Probably Felix or Felix, die. Felix or die, you know? Awesome. You woo. Felix or die.